To all my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders, welcome to Sports Talk with Coach and Kurt, episode 109. We back in the building, man, on a pre-recorded stream today. We pre-recording the stream today for the uh, holiday event. You know, everybody going out there partying, getting their fireworks going on, celebrating the 4th of July. So we are ready to roll. We're doing a pre-recorded segment today. Each and every Tuesday, we are back down here normally at 9 p.m. You'll be watching this live on YouTube, 9 p.m. today, Eastern Standard Time. But we'll be back next week live, as always, at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On all the popular platforms, get your podcast from the one-stop shop for NBA and NFL sports world news. The Memphis of the Air Raiders are ready to roll, man. And the NBA has gotten a real, real crazy in the last few days, man, uh, on top of a bunch of other things. So we're going to break down uh, the NBA free agency period, uh, what we thought about the trades that happened, the re-signings, who got the bag. We're going to talk about Dame Lillard today. We're going to get into some NFL topics as well. We're going to talk about the NFL division winners, who most likely to not repeat. We're going to talk about the value of the NFL running backs today, and we're going to wrap up the series today with the top 10 tight ends of the 2023 season, according to Coach Defense and Coach Kirk. But first and foremost, Coach Kirk, Captain Crunk Crunk is what it says. I think I read that properly. Captain Crunk. Yeah. Good brother. Welcome back. We appreciate you uh, bringing yourself back after a high quick vacation. Yep. You know, uh, a little recharge, a little recharge. recharge. I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Listen, on this day, uh, this fireworks day, first and foremost, please be safe, enjoy, have fun, but most importantly, be safe. But, uh, you know, listen, as we were talking about the NBA and speaking of fireworks, the NBA did not hold back. They had things popping off left and right. It seemed like you could almost on the hour, it was just news and updates and and new reports and new trades and new signings. Man, their free agency, uh, they went they went they went wild. They they had their, they had bottle rockets going off left and right. So I'm I'm excited to talk about that and talk about. Uh, listen, let's not say it's not money out here because oh, it's, uh, it's a lot of people got the bag. <laughs> it's definitely money out here. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, uh, listen, and I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna pre- I'm gonna preempt the show by saying this. It, the NBA money is different, okay? Yes. NBA money is different. Like, you look different at NFL money. money, you look at MLB money. MLB not money a little bit different, too, but NBA yeah. money, for the for the totality of what you're doing, NBA money is different, man. Like, listen. Way different. Way I mean, we're talking, different. We're talking two generations worth of wealth that we're creating here just by one contract. And, yes. And we're going to break it down for you. We're going to let everybody know exactly what, who got it, who got what and who can who can lend you a dollar or two? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. We're gonna tell yeah. you exactly what we thought. So we gonna break down, of course, the free agency market period. We are gonna get into that. We are going to talk about the uh, NBA trades that happened as well. Um, we gonna get into who who made the most acquisitions. Um, you know who got, you know maybe give you a little a little bit of a glimpse of who we think that got better uh, holistically, mm-hmm. um, team perspective uh, from in East and Western Conference, and then we are gonna talk about Dame Little's trade in NBA segment. So first and foremost, let's get into uh, what we think about the NBA free agency period. Yeah. So, um, so the NBA free agency period went when you know uh, it's funny too how they how they do it back to back. He had draft the previous week. We talked about that last week, and then gets mm-hmm. the free agency period and, and trades and things about that that nature open up the following week. So um, things went off, man. Like you said, it was tweet after tweet after tweet, bomb drop after bomb drop, Woj bomb after Woj bomb about what yeah. happened. I mean, I was just felt like I was just glued to my phone and my Twitter account for the last three or four days just to see what was new and hot in the streets. Right. So, as you can see, starting with the Eastern Conference, man, uh, like you said, there's money out here, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just talking about free agency deals here. People that are role players, you know, people that are starters, you know, impact players. You know, you got a whole gamut of people that they've gotten uh, gotten, gotten paid in, in a major way. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and to top it off, to start the list off, Karis LeVert going back to the Cavaliers um, on a two-year, $32 million deal. Now, I just got to ask this question. Yeah. Do the Cavaliers have enough guards? I mean, do, please please let me know. Do they have enough guards? <laughs> because yeah. I don't yeah. – I'm looking at this list like – look at the roster as a whole. Like, they, they're guard heavy. It's it's guard central over there. Yeah. You know, you talking yeah. about Karis LeVert being one of the better point guards of the league. You got Donovan Mitchell amongst others. You know, I, mean, I wonder if they keep that whole holistic group together. Like, I'm curious because it's you got a lot of guys that they're playing the same position. So where do we get the minutes from? Right. You know, right, I mean, it's good right, to have right. depth, but damn, I mean, they got, they got <laughs> it's good to have teams. depth, but damn. <laughs> yeah, they got two teams worth of depth when it comes to guards. Yeah. You know, but yeah. we're not going to get on them too heavy. But like the Cal Kuzma going back to the Wizards, uh, four years, mm-hmm. 102. He got the bag. My goodness. Yes. Uh, Kobe White signed with the Bulls. Uh, Bruce Brown going to the Pacers. Now, that was a big move because people, most mm-hmm. people thought that, uh, that Bruce Brown was going to go back to the Nuggets after they won the title. But right. he looked at it from a perspective of, you know, I can get $45 million over two years versus a mid-level exception from the from the Nuggets. Yeah. I got my title. Let me get my bag. Yeah, because the Lakers were after him, too. And he decided to go to baseball. I guess that's the most money he was going to get. He just he just took the money. Now, that goes right. to show you. Like I said, he got his title. Now, some people just go, out, go after the money at that point. They want to make their money when they can. You yeah. know, but let's be real. The Pacers ain't a good center right now. No. Nope. You know, but he decided to go over there probably have a bigger role. You know that kind of thing, and he's going to you know be be more of a focal point in in the surplus. And guess you can guess you can showcase his talents more so there yep. than he can in in Denver. So yep. that was interesting signing. George Niang, speaking of the Cavs, goes back goes to the Cavs for three years, twenty six million. Chris Middleton came back to the Bucks after opting out of his deal. We was kind of concerned whether or not he was going to resign him. He went yep. back. Cam Johnson resigned with the Nets four years, one hundred eight. My goodness, <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> a couple of tanks of gas. Let me listen. That's a couple of yeah. things of gas and a couple of trips on the yacht. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I ain't gonna ask you for a dollar no more. Tell me, hey, let me get a tank of gas. Let me get a tank of gas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get a of gas. yeah give me a round. Yeah. Yeah. Did a shooter leaving the Lakers, ironically, going to the Raptors. Um, two years. Not surprised. Yeah. Not surprised. I mean, we'll talk about that in a minute because I'm, I'm I got some words about that situation, but <laughs> I feel some type of way. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. <laughs> Um, yeah. Speaking of the former Lakers, League Beasley going to the Bucks for one year, two point seven million dollars, three point special. Yeah. Max Struess, that was an interesting one. Again, that's why yeah. it's, guard, it's guard central over there. Max Struess going yeah. to the Cavs four years, one so sixty three million dollars going yes. to the Cavs. Like I mean, they got guards for days. Yeah, yeah. Struess, Mitchell, Levert. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> they got a whole R and B group of guards. <laughs> <laughs> Right, they definitely do. Yeah, and yeah. one mic. They got one, one mic. mic. One, one mic. microphone. Yes, one microphone. Yes. <laughs> so Dennis Smith Jr. going to the Nets, signing over there from yep. Orlando. Brooke Lopez coming back to the uh, to big the bus. sign. Big, big sign. sign. Two yep. years, forty-eight million. Patrick Beverly, ironically, going to the 76ers. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Because we can talk about what James Harden's going to do yeah. uh, here and soon. But um, that's an interesting, uh, you know, quote unquote dynamic in in, in Philly. Yeah, uh, Jane McDaniels going back to the Raptors, two years, nine point three million dollars. Uh, uh-huh. Now this is a good one too. Uh, Dante Divincenzo going to the Knicks for four years, fifty million dollars. Yeah, a three point specialist, which they sorely needed. They need somebody to get three. They did. Um, going there, four years, fifty million dollars. Uh, Mo Wagner yeah. going to the uh, Magic, two years, eighteen. And mm-hmm. this is interesting too. Miles Bridges coming off his suspension, thirty. He's got a thirty game suspension pending. He's there back at the Hornets. For one, for one year, seven nine point nine, almost eight million dollars a year. So, yep. um, be interesting to see how he does coming off that court case. Yeah, <clears throat> in regards to how he plays. 
Yep. You know, and for them because uh, they signed, you know, they drafted a, a highly touted rookie. They got Lamelo coming back off injury and him coming back. So it'd be very interesting. What ironic with magic? Not with magic, but Jordan selling the team too. Yep. That'd be interesting to see how they how that team functions uh, going forward. But um, anything that you got, any takeaways that you got from this particular list before we move over to the Western Conference? Well, I'm gonna save my one take until I see uh, the Western Conference. So I'm gonna save that take. But the second take uh, that interest that is of interest to me is uh, Miles Bridges, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why this is interesting is because the new CBA is going to impact a lot of people's pockets. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now, with the rules and regulations and the stipulations being on in regards to you can get paid, but you have to be available for a certain amount of games Mm -hmm. and then awards and what you win can also impact your paycheck. And I, I believe this is the owner's way of settling the 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 roster moves and the payments that they have to pay out because from a business standpoint uh if you're paying someone a handsome amount of money a legacy changing amount of money uh if i'm making a transaction i want return on my investment and so if you're paying someone uh and you only getting 18 to 25 games out of them then why am i paying you that amount of money so <laughs> if you want to go out here right. and you know and i almost want to say this is this is the jaw and zion rule i think this is well uh, I, I think you go back further than that i think you're talking about this is the paul george and, and Kawhi leonard rule oh well yeah that that as well too right so, laughing because you said that availability they, they want to return on the investment they want that roi then i'm telling you right now that Kawhi leonard and paul george have not given them a big roi for the amount of money they're making right now Facts, facts. Yeah. And so looking at Miles Bridges and knowing the player that he he can be, that he is, and being on this uh this and being on getting this this contract, what happened was probably at the we were talking strictly basketball, not mm-hmm. what he did, but strictly basketball. This was one hundred percent the wrong time to go through the situation that he went through. Oh, absolutely. Because of how it impacted his ability to get paid, right? He cost himself $250 million. Listen, when you, when you, when you look at an investment and you're sitting there uh, talking about Dennis Schroeder, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, at first he was the face of making, certain decisions that affect your money in a mm-hmm. great way. Mm-hmm. Miles is that way with this new CBA. Again, he's, he, he, he cost himself $200 million and had to take a one year uh, contract at a substantially low rate mm-hmm. because we won't see him until the 31st game of the year right. at the soonest at mm-hmm. the earliest. And so when you think about how many games, the best that he could do is what fifty-two games. If he played every game, that's if he played after every that, game. Mm-hmm. and that's if he played every game. So that that stood out to me uh, with the new CBA, the Miles Bridges, and then the Patrick Beverly. Uh, I'm very interested to see the dynamic of that situation and the team dynamic when you think about, especially Patrick and what happens with James Harden. Uh, yeah. They've been antagonists 
mm-hmm. at least on the court to each other, right? And seeing Patrick come in, I'm just I'm I'm wondering about that situation because he to me I'm he's not the type of yeah he's not the type of point guard that I see that benefits or uplifts the team in in the way that I'm thinking watching them play, right. uh, you know, and so looking at that and then also looking at when you're you're already dealing with a temperamental type of player who requires from listening to Doc requires a certain style of basketball to play. And he's very dominant with the basketball. Mm -hmm. You bring in a Patrick Beverly to move James, if he come to move him to the two guard now, but their, their chemistry, right? It just, it just, I'm confused on that move and the benefit uh, when you had a lot of other guards, hell go to Miami Miami's guard was up mm-hmm. uh, that I think would have been a, a much better fit, at least, again, from my view. Mm-hmm. And just that Patrick Beverly is just just strange to me. But I'm happy to see the situation with the Bucks. Those were two big signings they to were. get, mm-hmm. you know, Brooke and Middleton back. Uh, we both, like you said, we were wondering. Uh, these were key pieces. And then also to pick up Malik Beasley. This yeah. is this is going to be interesting as well. So yeah, that's those are my takeaways. The the biggest things that stood out to me and Kyle Kuzma, uh, can we call him? Uh, what 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 is the the guy from McDonald's? McBurglar? Yeah, <laughs> the Hamburglar. The Hamburglar. Uh-huh. He is the NBA version of the Hamburglar. You say he's stealing? He's stealing. He is <laughs> robbing the NBA right now. I, I this is light skin. This is light skin preference at its highest <laughs> level right now. <laughs> this this is this is the benefit of riding the light skin wave at its highest uh call right now. He is light skin privilege, don't you? Oh listen, this is uh LSP, right? <laughs> Because so the Wizards on LSD to pay <laughs> they, they are stuck. I think this is trauma payment right here from because uh, <laughs> anybody that comes to the NBA game with a Teletubbies outfit on, I am not. <laughs> if you look like unrefined hot dog. Or chicken nuggets meat. If you wear a chicken nuggets meat sweater, <laughs> I can't trust your judgment, and I definitely can't trust my football, my basketball team. If you come, if you come with a chicken nuggets outfit, <laughs> a chicken nuggets top, <laughs> you got little kids with, you got little kids with sweet and sour sauce at the game. <laughs> He wore that damn long ass Teletubby sweater. <laughs> I mean, you said, I mean, uh, you, said you dress like a Teletubby. I can't trust your judgment. That's what I, can't, I, I can't. I can't argue that. I can't argue that. Listen, I like how did he sign the contract? He had to pull. He wore an uncircumcised sweater. <laughs> Minutes to pull his hand out of his sweater to sign his contract. 
Everybody feeling weird looking at their phones. Like he's still he's still he's pulling. Still doing he's, it. Still doing it. he's still doing it. <laughs> oh my god. Well, what's your thoughts on the Eastern Conference? I don't, any gonna, I don't know if I can follow that. I'll be real. I just I don't know if I can if I got anything that's gonna that's gonna bring we're gonna help that out. I, I I can't top that. I can't I can't I can't I can't top that. That's, that's that is uh oh man that is premium comedy at its finest. I can't I ain't I can do about that. Yeah, sweet and sour day at the Wizards. <laughs> if the Wizards win, you get fifty yeah. percent off nuggets. <laughs> Oh man, I'm actually I'm actually surprised. I mean, but I mean, it's hard to turn down that money though. Like for him, it's hard oh, to turn yes, that money sir. down. I yes, mean, I don't yes. think I don't think anybody else because I think the Lakers kind of iron them too as far as bringing them back. But yeah, I don't think that you know you can turn down that kind of money when uh, he can probably be the number two in that team because they got Jordan Poole now and they got him. Yeah. So you know, Porzingis gone. CP3 never made it to DC. He got traded nope. but didn't. Um, yep. So he got bounced twice before he may landed in 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 Golden State. So. I think that you get it's hard price to turn out of money. Like Lisa, you're looking at what about oh, what, what is that? Oh, is and you're looking at at least what 25 point, yeah, 25 or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's hard to turn that down, yes, know? sir. Um, so again, it'd be and it'd be the number two guy, you know, it's, it's hard to it's hard to say no to that, you know, and he can see he yeah. got to go nowhere 25.5. Yep, that's what it is. Yep, so and that's going to be strange. Just I'm interested too, uh, to see him and Jordan Poole in the backcourt. That's yeah, gonna be really interesting. That's really yeah. interesting. But I mean, the, yeah. just Cal Kill stashing the scoring ability. I mean, you can't you can't coach what he is. I mean, he's a you know he's a tall, rangy you know three and D wing guy. So yeah. like, and then we talked about this before. Three and D wing guys is a commodity. You know, so it's yeah. you know so again the, the but the Wizards are no, notorious. And I'm and I'm yeah. kind of I'm, I'm gonna break some news here. We're gonna have our guy Eric DK five next week to talk okay. about the Wizards. Okay. Um, so he can give us a, a you know his thoughts on what we think about Kyle Kuzma and their signings and their dealings and you know leaving with Bradley Bill and and bringing in who they brought in. So, mm-hmm. but overall, I mean, again, it's hard to press to turn that money down, you know. But again, you you want to get your money when you can get it. And if it wasn't, if you want to take significantly less money to potentially go to a contender, you know, I guess you just have to you know take the money where you can get it. Yeah, I kind of yeah. think because he's still young. He, he is. He is like what? He's under what? Under twenty nine, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like mid twenties, yeah. mid twenties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So, but um, but going back to Patrick Beverly real quick, uh, I, I just he's weird in in his own right. I mean, I'm gonna say that he's weird to begin with. But yeah. To what I'm noticing here is a trend. Okay. Let's break it down. He's going to places where he's had beef with people and teaming up with them lately. If you think about it. Mm. Because you, you you kind of brought that in my attention when you talk about him right. signing with the 76ers. Because like yep. Emma James Harden had issues. They're yep. quote unquote teaming up right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was with Westbrook in LA. They're you know, he you know, they're te- they teamed up and act yep. like they can do kumbaya moments. That was weird. Yep. Yep. And the only person that he hadn't he had beef with that he hadn't played with yet is Chris Paul, and that's next, probably. So yep. he, 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 he was with doing the doing Lakers, it. he was with the Lakers too. Last, and, last season, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. But Russell Westbrook was still there. So yeah. I don't is know. Maybe he, he's, he's, is on, he he's on, on a redemption I'm, tour. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to, he's trying to you know, make himself right with God. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's trying to do. Yeah, I don't know what he's trying yeah. to do. But yeah, it's just awkward to me that he's doing that. Like it's just weird that he's all of a sudden he's teaming up with guys that he always had uh, trepidation with when it came yeah. down to the, you know the on the court stuff. So yeah, weird. But yeah. well, what's, I'm with you. I'm curious how that's gonna work and what they do with James Harden. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trade them, keep them, because it's going to be back and forth reports. Like, you know, we not may not be done. We do kind of do want to trade them. Where we want to send them? You know, do we want to? I think Houston, the Houston train has probably sailed at this moment. So where does he go? Yeah. 
So I don't yeah. know. Are they, are they in on uh, Dame Lillard? You know, we're going to talk about that in a little while. That's going to yeah. definitely be something. So we'll see. But um, let's move on to the rest of the conference. Now, I will say this because I roasted him a few minutes. Kyle Kuzma did have one of his best seasons. He did. He did. This, this past season. So rightfully so, if you're going to come up for a contract year, mm-hmm. you put your best foot forward. That he did. And he got his money. So yep. and I'm not knocking that at all. I mean, like I said, I love nope. Kyle. I actually yep. didn't want him to leave the Lakers in the first place when they traded him for Westbrook. So, yep. you know, that's that's one of the things I'm a, I'm gonna cover him as being a Laker because I, you know, I think I appreciate his game. Yep. Yeah. But talk about the Western Conference and their free agency moves. Uh, you know, we all kind of suspected that once Jordan Poole got traded, mm-hmm. Draymond Green was gonna go back to the Warriors four years. You called it. I you did. called it. Negro Domus. You used <laughs> Negro Domus that day. That would that be me. Yep. So. uh <laughs> Jeremy Grant, five years, one sixty from the Blazers. Yeah, that's 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 a Brinks truck backing up to his yep. house. Reggie Jackson, which ironically going back, and I guess they feel like they kind of had to do this with Bruce Brown leaving. But Reggie mm-hmm. Jackson didn't play at all for them when he got no. traded in from the Clippers. Right. I feel like he got let go from the Clippers and he signed with the Nuggets, but he resigned mm-hmm. with them two years, ten million dollars. Um, shocker and kind of a big splash, which I kind of scratched my head at. Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. going to the Mass. But again, that's one of those things where they offered him 126 over three. You know, we're talking 40 plus million dollars a year. Bag. Yeah, he took the bag. Um, and I'm sure he probably gets significantly less from other teams. So he just felt like, he, you know, although him and Luca don't work, in my opinion, nope. I feel like that, you know, he just felt like he won't go get paid. Yeah. Because this might be his last time he's going to get paid like this. Um, think about the taxes in, in, in Dallas. Yeah, right. It's different. Yeah. It is different. So, um, Gay Vincent going to the Lakers from the Heat, three years, Interesting. 33. Rui resigning with them three years, 51. Cam Reddish signing them two years, 4.6. I like that. Fred Van Vliet, three years, 130 to the Rockets. Listen, (laughs) Van Vliet definitely pulled the Brinks truck up on that one. Listen, he got P-Zade. You hear me? P-Zade, yes. Seth Curry going to the Mavs, teaming up with Kyrie and Luka. Um, Derrick Rose going to the Grizzlies, going back home to the Grizzlies. He's wearing his old number that we wore in Memphis. Yeah. Go back to play with them. That'd be interesting because you got him and Marcus Smart in there. And we talk about that veteran leadership dynamic. Yeah. And yeah. maybe they are the two guys. They can kind of rein these young guys in because they are wilding mm-hmm. out right now. They're just all over the place. It's like it's like a bunch of wild monkeys in the in the in the, in, the, in, a, in, a, in a classroom. They, yeah. they slinging chalk and, and throwing markers and right Rob, the board. robbing food out your hand. Right. Yeah. All yeah. kind of stuff. Slinging poop yeah. around the house. You know. They just, they just, they're doing all kinds of wild stuff. So they need to. Yeah. They need somebody to come in and settle the room. Yeah. So that maybe Derrick Rose and, and Marcus Mark can do that. Yep. Jackson Hayes going up, coming to the Lakers, the center uh, from the uh, Pelicans. Ironically, mm-hmm. he signed. Austin Reeves resigned with the Lakers. Uh, Dwight Powell uh, resigned with the Mavericks. Well, actually, signed yep. with the Mavericks. Three years, twelve million dollars. So they 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 putting together a decent roster if you think about yep. it. Yeah. Um, yep. D- Dylan Brooks getting the bag from the Rockets. Four years, eighty million. You know, wow. we we was concerned whether or not he was going to play in the NBA at all after at the all. Grizzlies got rid of him. At uh, all. Russell Westbrook going back to the Clippers. Two years, eight million dollars. A lot of people say substantially he, less. Substantially less than what he's been paid. Yep. Jalen McDaniels, the Raptors. I, that's actually on there twice. Uh, Eric Gordon went to the Suns, ironically, two years, six million dollars, and Mason Plumlee yep. signed back with the Clippers, one mm-hmm. year, five million dollars. So, mm-hmm. so what is your takeaways from this list? What is the biggest standouts on this list that kind of give you, uh, you know, the inkling that these teams that might be jockeying to make a to make a rise in the standards? Uh, I, I definitely believe that Draymond Green was a culture and um, uh, uh, ecosystem resigning okay. to me. Right. Uh, 
if I if I remember correctly, Draymond has been with the Warriors for eleven years. His whole career, and, yeah, his whole career. And hearing the reports of what happened, uh, and hearing what happened, and then seeing what went on with Jordan Poole at the end, and them, in my opinion, them banking that Jordan Poole would be that added firepower. Mm-hmm. And he disappeared. I think this was a loyalty signing, right? Kind of you, you, you know what you're going to get with Draymond. Mm-hmm. You really don't know what you're going to get from Jordan Poole. And do we bank our team on a player where we have that type of player on the team? We have enough mm-hmm. of them, but we don't have enough of Draymond's, right? Right. Um, and so when you got that type of leadership and everything, I think the Draymond Green signing was best for business. Uh, The Kyrie Irving situation is, on one hand, a Mm head-scratcher, but then on the other hand, it's like a train wreck. I'm interested to see what happens (laughs) now. What's the outcome now, right? I know everybody was, oh, Lakers, and he's at the stadium, and he's going to the games and all this. And, again, I think when you looked – I think this was, again, a best for business and culture signing. We can make the big splash, which we've done the last two years and it didn't pan out, or we can go with what we saw from the second half of the season. We can bring in a player that jailed well in Reeves. We can bring back uh, Hachimura, who showed up. We can bring in another wing length uh, uh, I'm going to call this a Nuggets equalizer and Cam uh-huh. Reddish. Okay. And then bring a veteran leadership in game, Gabe Vincent. Now, I mm-hmm. am interested to see what happens with Gabe and Austin. Who comes off the bench Gabe. and who starts? Gabe. Yeah. <laughs> now, I think if you if you make sure Gabe comes off the bench, that's mm-hmm. a that's a great bridge player. Right. Because, you know, you've seen what he can do. Mm-hmm. You know, he can settle the second team and he can give you that type of veteran court leadership. And with Austin, again, Austin got paid from the second half of the season and the playoff stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was interesting. The Eric Gordon signing to me is is a cheaper version of Chris Paul in mm-hmm. a way. Mm. You know, a cheaper, younger type of ver- uh, version of Chris Paul. I think they like what they had with Chris Paul, but the age of Chris and his injury prohibited them. Um, and now with, you know, Booker and KD, you don't you have someone in Eric Gordon who is a scorer, but is not a dominant type of basketball, not only player, but presence. Right. Um, and so I think that Eric Gordon signing is that reason. Uh, but the way they did CP three unsettles me. But uh, it? That's, yeah, it, it, the way the way they handled the situation, you shouldn't have to find out from your son when you land. That's true. That you, you know, that's that true. that part. Now, the last two is the Russell and Derek Rose uh, situation. Derek only because with his injuries, we know he he is 
he's not the Derek that he once was, mm-hmm. which was outside this world. I think he was Ja before Ja, an explosion and yeah. athletic ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and now that you get him there, to your point with Marcus Smart, you have veteran guards and veteran leadership and you have a calming force. If anybody knows and they've watched the story about Derrick Rose, he is an extreme introvert. He's very behind the scenes. He's very shy, but he high basketball IQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's going to be an interesting signing for them. And then also Russell, this this interests me. To me, this is a signing of I found a team that loves me and appreciates me. And I'm going to go back to them because I made the money at this stage of my life. I, I want to win. And I'm still in California. That's when I look at the Russell Westbrook, how he it's crazy to say rejuvenated his career mm-hmm. with the Clippers. But he really did. He jailed with the Clippers. He played well with the Clippers coming off what happened with the Lakers. It, it was almost uh, uh, a bringing uh, the Phoenix rising with Russell and in, in, with the Clippers. And so I'm interested to see them run it back, especially if you look at what Russell made before to come back on basically four million dollars a year. Yeah. Like, wow. Right. Uh, and I know I said that was the last two, but the Dylan Brooks, I think, is a fantastic signing. For the Rockets, we you saw what so. happened. I, I think it is. I think as much as we can get aggravated with Dylan, and as much as some of the things he do is weird to me, mm-hmm. he's a he's a Draymond Green. He's that type of player. You know what you're going to get day in, day out. He's gonna he's gonna play defense. He's gonna aggravate people, but he's gonna give you his his absolute best. And as like you said, we thought he was about to be. Overseas basketball. Right, playing with Dwight Howard. Hey, playing with Dwight Howard. But this is mm-hmm. a situation where it only takes one team to see your, your value. And I mean, compared he, to he, what he, he was getting four paid. Years. He got four years. And that's a that's a big bag. It is for him. That is, it is. That's 20 million a year. Easy. Yeah. In mm-hmm. in Texas. In so, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your 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 state taxes is very favorable for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to a, a, a more stable organization. In a more senior, uh, mature organization, I'm bringing you that you brought that up because he because yeah. he, he's going to be playing under email Doku. So that's, we, that, that's going to be interesting the dynamic to see how that plays out. Yeah. Like you know, I'm sure because email got a strong personality, so does Dylan. So yeah. will all that stuff that he was doing? Would they, they would they have a conversation early on and like, look here, look, we we're not doing that. Whatever what you doing, me talk we're to not you. doing that. Yeah, we're not yeah, doing that. No, nah, we're not doing that here. I better not see you in no white damn glasses. I better not see you in a Stone Cold Steve Austin outfit. I don't want to see no assless chaps. I don't want to see none of that. None My of that, only sir. concern is them after 10 p.m. Yeah, no. There's a lot of young guys on that team in Houston. Yeah. Yeah, and we but, know what Emmy went through in his yeah, situation. Well, yeah, he might be with him. <laughs> That's why I said that. I like them two, yeah. them two fighting on the yeah. same hunting ground. Yeesh. Hey, Yeesh. hey, hey, somebody got to be the adult. <laughs> somebody, somebody does. But, I mean, yeah. this, this is the interesting, Ross. I want you, I want you to peep this real quick while we're okay. talking about the Rockets. Fred Van Vliet, yep. Dylan Brooks, yep. Kevin Porter Jr., who they drafted. Yep. Jalen Green, who they drafted, Jabari mm-hmm. Smith Jr., who they drafted, the power forward, mm-hmm. Amen Thompson, 
and Jeff Green on the bench, and they drafted Cam Whitworth. So Listen. that's that's not bad. That's not a bad and and you you have. Here's the thing that we saw with with with, with uh, Ma and what he did with Boston. Now yeah. you give him three rookies that he now can mold, build, grow mm-hmm. them together yeah. with a Van Fleet and Brooks. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm not saying playoffs right now, but what I am saying is that this is a roster that can come together and make some noise. Mm-hmm. One thing we've seen with uh, he can coach, right? Yeah, that's for he sure. Can, that, that's not he, a question. He can coach. Yeah. yeah. That's not so, a question yeah, that's at all. What, those are some of my, my takeaways. I think everything else was just – you know, re-signings and, and solid signings. But again, with the Seth Curry situation, that's a sneaky signing to me because we know Seth can shoot. Oh, yeah. I mean, with Luca creating and Kyrie creating off the dribble and him sitting in the corner posting up, you know, waiting for the ball, that's going to be a lot of open threes for him. Yep. A lot of open yep. threes for him. Yep. So, yeah, I think that's a sneaky sign. I mean, it was a, it was a, veteran, it was a minimum deal, but I think that him being there is going to – they're going to value his shooting from the outside for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, what I stands that, out to you. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, all the moves the Lakers made. I will get into that when we talk about the uh, most acquisition segment. But um, like I said, the Kyrie Irving thing make, is weird. But again, it's it's a it's a money thing. You know, you know, I, I don't know what was offered to him um, outside of what the, the Mavs had. But I think the Mavs had the most offer to him regards to how much money they could have gave him. So I think that was the biggest thing that he biggest selling point that he could go back to a team that's. That may not be a contender, but competitive, you know, when it comes down to that. And I can get that. I can maximize my dollars, you know, in that kind of sense, you know, because I think this, he, like I said, this is probably the last time he can honestly claim a, a big time contract in, the, you know, in that in that realm. So I think, he, you know, with the money, he take his little $40 million per year for the next three. You know, he'll be in his, you know, mid to late 30s once it's over. And, um, you know, maybe he'll chase a ring at that point, you know, just, you know, kind of be a role player before that. But. You know, we'll, we'll see what the, what the Mavs do in the next three years because I think that's what their window is. I think that Kyrie being on that three year deal will be him and Luca teamed up in that for that in that time frame will determine you know what they do around him will determine how far they go. You know, maybe they land one more big name, they kind of make some noise um, right, in that right. regard. But I think that you know the way that, the way that Ross is built. I mean, if you're chasing you know teams like the the uh, the Warriors, the Lakers, and of course the Nuggets being the top of the mountain right now, then I don't think they match up fairly well i don't i don't no. i think they still got an issue defensively you know because we can go back to the team they had you know two years ago where they were really stout defensively it's just the issue was them getting bogged down and scoring when luca wasn't um as efficient as he needed to be right so, right the team has changed it's a different dynamic you know but yeah. and again it's just weird in regards to what they got going on i think they'll be uh entertaining in the off in the regular season but as far as being you know a top-end contender i think they're middle of the pack I think they'll make the playoffs this year, you know, remain if they remain healthy. But, you know, I think they need one more piece. I think they need a, need a, a post presence of rim protector, um, yep. something of that nature, somebody that can rebound, you know, get you yep. a guy like Kevon Looney, if nothing else, somebody like that mm. that can do your dirty work, yeah. you yep. know, that kind yep. of guy. Yep. You know, they could defend, you know, defend the, 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 the painted area, they can defend the rim and get rebound. You yeah. know, somebody like that. If they can get somebody like that, then I think they'd be better off. But at this moment, this juncture, because I mean, I, I'm not sure that Dwight Powell's going to be that guy for them, right? Um, or, or or maybe maybe not. But I mean, you know, it just it, it's a wait and see. But if as yeah. you can see, him and him and uh, Kyrie are both tied to them for three years. So yeah, I think that that core is probably going to be what they what they run with, and hopefully they can make it work. Uh, going back to my and those are great takes and great and uh, 
great breakdowns. But the first point that I was made that I wanted to see before I said it is that did you notice that there's no Vic on here? No Vicks got no signed. No, 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 bitches. No, no bitches. No bitches. No bitches. No, bi- no, bitches. no bitches got signed. This is this is this is a first. I mean, was this when it's not a hot bitch summer? Like it's no. It's, <laughs> Not a hot bitch summer. It's not a hot bitch summer. It's no, no hot bitch summer. No, no hot bitch summers at all. No hot bitches. I didn't, I didn't get that memo. That 2023 was not a hot bitch summer. I didn't get that. I, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm shocked, shocked that there's no hot bitch. It's no hot bitches yeah, no out hot here. Bitches. This is right. This is all, all the bitches stayed home. <laughs> nobody, nobody want to be a hot bitch. No. Nobody wanted to be a hot bitch. No, all the, all the hot bitches and all the bad bitches stayed home this summer. Apparently, I, I guess everybody growing up. I, I guess, guess everybody so. growing guess up. So. Everybody, everybody. No, but everybody not outside this summer. I, I, not I everybody. Guess. All knees are safe. No. All knees are safe. <laughs> Yeah, and I have to address this. I, I just I, I I looked at this and I realized it was oversight. And I got a feeling it was a little bit of a hated hated moment on my in my. I had a subliminal hated hatred moment. I think I did. Okay, okay. Thank you for the transparency. Um, Thank you. We appreciate I, it. I I happen I my, I happen to leave off D'Angelo Russell signing for the Lakers. I happen to leave that off. <laughs> or did you? I, I, it was subconsciously. <laughs> I didn't realize until just now that I left it off. I, yeah, I literally, yeah. I literally, it wasn't a, it wasn't a conscious. Uh, deletion or, or 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 I guess you can say uh, absence. Absence. It wasn't a conscious yeah. absence, but it might have been a subconscious absence that I had left it off. But he did resign with the Lakers as well, so that was another addition that they made on top of all the other moves that they made. They had, I think they made seven moves. They got Vincent Reddish, uh, Hachimura, Reeves, Hayes, and that's six moves. They made six moves in the free agency yeah. this offseason. So yeah, listen. Um, nobody's upset about warm Jello. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. nobody's upset. I mean, yeah. that's that's one. Thank you for omitting, you know bringing that to yeah. the forefront and admitting that. Yeah, but it was, a, it, was a, it, it was a subconscious omission. <laughs> listen, you after the way he played. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, yeah, he needs I, to pay you. Yeah, he, do, he does. <laughs> that money needs to come over here. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, I did leave that off. So I apologize for leaving that off. And from from the for the segment's perspective, I did leave it off. But he yes. did sign with the Lakers. Um, uh, for a deal, I'll get the numbers in a second, but yeah, he is a, he is resigned with the Lakers as well, on top of all the okay. moves they made. So, yeah, I, I, I thought I'd put that out there. Kudos to D'Angelo Russell, um, and having coach admit that he left him off consciously or subconsciously, subconsciously. two years, subconsciously, two years, two years 37, 37 million dollars. Yeah, 27, 30, 37 million dollars. So, yeah, that was his deal. So, after the way he played, it should have been two. Two years, three dollars and seventy. In a bag of Snickers, <laughs> melted Snickers, melted, anyway, melted Snickers. Snickers. Yeah, left, yeah, left in the car all day, and then he gave it to him. Right next, right next, right, right next to the bag of McDonald fries that spilt in the back go. seat. Right, yeah, right. He probably said we eat them though. Anyway, <laughs> so moving on Ooh. to resigning. So let's talk resigning Ooh. real quick. Man, it's a lot of greenbacks segment here. Bruh. A lot of greenbacks. So uh, LaMelo Ball got a max deal with the Hornets, five years, 260. Mm. Desmond Bain got a five-year deal, 207. Mm. Tyrese Halliburton <laughs> got five years, 260. Mm. Demontis Sabonis got a four-year extension, 217 with the Kings. Mm. And Anthony Edwards resigned with the Timberwolves, five years, 260. So you got three guys that got fully maxed deals and two guys that got 
uh, I guess you could say uh, secondary max deals and, and Bane and then some bonus. But whew, again, the NBA money is different out here in these streets. It's definitely different, man. Kudos to those brothers that getting their money, getting their bag, and they is locked into their teams for the next five to six years. You know, depending on you know when they got extended. But yeah, it's, that's over it's, a billion dollars in yeah, five people. Easy, easy, easy. I mean, yeah. you got a quarter million dollars invested in one person, so you got three guys with quarter million dollars. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's sick. That's, that's sick. over a billion dollars in this this this, this segment. That's a lot of money. Five already. people. Yeah, five yeah. Million, billion dollars. Oh my god! Like I said, NBA oh money gosh. is different. <laughs> NBA yes. money is different. So yeah, uh, you know, and it's weird too because you know the the CBA for the NBA is set up much differently than the NBA NFL mm-hmm. is because you are really encouraged to resign with the team that drafted you. So it's very yes. it's very pertinent to draft a guy that you are willing to invest long term and he'll really make a splash for you long term because yes. you have the you have the bird rights to resign him to the most money when his contract is due after the rookie deal is done. Yep. So you know you yep. see a lot of guys staying home for their first, what, what four, what, what nine years? Yeah, yeah. Because you, you get because you get four years, four years max with the with the rookie deal. Then you get another yep. five with the max deal um, for your team that drafted you. So you yeah. get locked into to a guy for nine years before you have to think about moving on from it. A psychological know? way to b- block free agency. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it definitely is. So, um, you know, the teams that drafted you definitely get the inside scoopers for regards to keeping you. But man, it's still a lot yep. of bread, man. Regardless a lot of, of money. What you, you know, because I think Lamelo is still in a good situation. Obviously, Dick Bain is. Halliburton's in the yeah, mm. is in the, is in a rebuild. Mm. But but Sabonis is in an, oh, and Ant Man are both in good situation. So yeah, they're they're not they're not uh too mad about. I mean, it, it literally came out the day they could get it. The moment they could award the contract, that's when they signed. They already knew they were doing it. Smart. We ain't got to negotiate. I ain't got to talk about it. Ain't gotta nope. talk about it. So nope. yeah, some some good signers there. Yeah. So let's talk about trades real quick. Yeah. Um, Monty Morris got traded to the Pistons uh, on mm-hmm. dra- on on free agency day, I guess you can say. Um, yeah. Victor Oladipo got traded to OKC. He's going yep. he's going back home. Going back home. Yeah. Ob Toppin got traded to the Pacers. They added uh, some depth in that room. So the Pacers are on the way up. I, I definitely yeah. say they're on the way up. We yeah. you know we said they're not a contender at the moment, obviously, but they're definitely on the way up. Yeah. Um, because they kept Miles Turner, they kept Halliburton, they kept uh, the Matisse, uh, Matt, I can't, I can't pronounce his last name, he got a weird name, but the, but uh, the kid they drafted last year, they kept you know, they obviously have him, he's been he was good last year, yeah. So, I mean, the team because they got Bruce Brown, they got Obi Toppin, mm-hmm. uh, Benedict mm-hmm. Matherin, I think that's how I say it, TJ McConnell, uh, Buddy Hield, Miles Turner, Halliburton, they got a guy, they got a good squad, yeah. Jalen Smith, yeah. they got a good squad. It is young. It's very young. It's a very young squad, but they got a good yeah. squad. Very young, talented squad. So it's just, it, I can think they can make they can make some noise in the East. Yeah, I think they can make some noise in the East. So uh, I think you know, part, pace might be depending on who they who they coach. They coach. Does they keep going back and forth by the coach? The coach keeps changing like like we change underwear. Yes, but um, yes. but yeah, but yeah, that I think they got a pretty good. Rick Carlisle. It ain't Rick Carlisle, is it? Is it? Is it? Yeah, we need we need the confirmation on that. That's that that's that's I need to know because uh that's that's the be, that'll be uh yeah it's Rick Carlisle you're right hmm. yeah Rick Carlisle yeah. okay all right but yeah so I mean yeah the Pacers on 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 the rise I give them that I'm giving them a year or two it just depends on what they do I mean with that talent pool but I mean they got they got guys and they got guys that yeah. can play like I said they, yeah. they got two good shooting guards they got, they got go, uh three good shooting guards Bruce Brown they got Miles Turner center um like I said Halliburton's a point guard. Obi Toppin is a rim protecting power forward. So yeah, I mean Mac- McIntyre is a shooting guard. So yeah, 
Yeah, they got a lot of they got a lot of talent on their team. It's just whether or not they put it together. Yeah. Damian Jones traded to the Cavaliers again. What what is with these guards in the Cleveland, man? Like, seriously, like do you how many guards do you need? They are the true definition of wanting to play small basketball. Listen, listen, just look at the guard play. They got Rubio. Yep. Garland. Mitchell. Three. Levert. Four. Five. Ty Jerome. Six. I mean, come on. (laughs) Isaac Okoro, who's who they just got. Seven guards. And you normally don't carry more than nine to ten players on your roster. That's what I'm saying. And seven of them are guards. Evan, so they got Evan Mobley and and uh and Jerry Allen's their front court guys and Jordan Ian, who they just got, but and Damian Jones. But man, what are you gonna do? What are you what gonna are do you? with all these guys, man? Unless you're gonna run people, you have no rim protection for real. Well, no, no, no. Jared Allen and 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 uh and Niang can, can definitely protect the rim. They're 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 big guys. Robert Lopez too. They got Robert Lopez in the trade as well. So they they got they got they got size in, in, in the front court, but they just super guard heavy. It's just weird. Yeah. It's a weird like and, and that's like, R&B group. Yeah, really, it really is. That's crazy. Is it? Patty Mills got traded to the Rockets. They added that piece as well, so yep. he's with the Rockets now. And then KJ Martin got traded to the Clippers. That's a decision to pick up because that's that's the shooter they need. Yep. Yeah. So KJ Martin going to the Clippers is an interesting pick up too with them having Russ back. Um, mm-hmm. And they still got Norman Powell. And, uh, of course, Kawhi and Paul George coming back. Um, they resigned uh, their center. So yeah, the Clippers will be interesting too. I think they get into their new building this year and all that good stuff. So it'll be something. They're trying to make some noise. They're trying. They're trying, but they need to figure it out because I, I think that this, and I'm just gonna be a hot take real quick. If it don't work out this year, they need to cut bait and, re- and redo the whole thing. Oh yeah. Rebuild from trash. Yeah, especially if Kawhi and, and Paul are hurt and any stretches down, they just need to go ahead and cut bait and just to start over. But I think with having Ty Lu there uh-huh. and seeing what he did, mm-hmm. if they can stay. 80% to 85% healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really do think the Clippers are going to make some noise in, in, in L.A. I think so. I think they're tired of being little brother. They're going to need it to at some point, but, I mean, it's been yeah. like that for 40 years. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Some people just can't seem to get 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 out <laughs> that shadow. Right. You know, to be real about it. But we'll see. We'll see how things check out. But, I mean, it was definitely some interesting trades happening. Like yep. I am I'm, I'm got my eye on that uh, on that uh, Victor Depot trade to OKC. Teaming yeah, up them young yeah. boys over there. Um, because Chet Hungry is gonna come back. You know, we know what Shea Alexander Gilchrist can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and Baller. you know, yeah. So him in that backcourt with Victor, who's a two-way player, you know, he can yeah. score and defend, you know, coming off the injury. So I think he'll be hungry. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how that lines up. So I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. Yep. All right, so let's talk about most acquisitions. And that to to our point, it came up again. Who's the most the, the daggone Cavaliers, you know. <laughs> The, I mean, the depth, got, the depth in guards. Karis Levert, Niang, Struess, and Damian Jones. That's a whole uh, R and B group. Listen, they get they are guard. <laughs> it's, it's guard. It's guard city. It's, it is guard yes. university in Cleveland. Yeah, just to say the least, they're definitely doing it uh, big time from the guard position. And three point guards. That's what I'm saying. How do you? How do you? How does that work? How does that? I work? don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But um, but yeah. So that 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 the Cavs here had the most acquisitions in and free agency with four. Yeah. Now, moving over to the Western Conference, we had three teams. Ooh. The Mavericks, Mavericks with uh, getting Dante Exum, uh, D- Dwight Powell, uh, Seth Curry, and Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Irving. Um, yeah. The Rockets got three. Um, Patty Mills, Dylan Brooks, and Fred Van Vliet. And the Lakers had five. Well, six. Six, yeah. Six, technically, with, with D'Angelo with Russell. subconscious player. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. subconscious omission <laughs> of <Yes. laughs> D'Angelo Russell. So, yeah. Gabe Vincent, Rui Hachimura, Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes, uh, Austin Reeves, and D'Angelo Russell. 
which I think now, is solid for the Lakers. I think oh, this is I, solid pickups all the way over. You know, it's what you spoke about going away from the big splash mm. players and just getting a solid core nucleus right. uh, team. Yeah, I mean, and again, you rewind and rehashing um, what you had that you really wanted yeah. to keep on top of getting uh, guys that, that were uh, good at what you're deficient in. Because uh, yes. as good as we were from a two-point perspective, we were terrible from three. Um, True. In, in retrospect to the other playoff teams, right? So yeah. Gabe Vince is clearly a shooter. Cam Reddish is a shooter, you know. So you're definitely looking at it from that perspective. You know, Austin Reeves is good from the three. So I think that, um, you know, them getting two primetime shooters on top of the fact that they brought back Austin Reeves. And, you know, although DeAndre Russell is very, very streaky, he can knock down the outside shot. So we should be better from the three. Now, yes. the, there's a Russell room move. I still, I'm. From it, it, it gives me pause because of his <laughs> attitude. Like, like again, you if people had if their attitude lined up with their play, then I would be so it was so much in better headspace when it comes to the Lakers, right? Okay. But I feel like the only issue I had with D'Angelo Russell, and it could be a make or break for this team, is the fact that he has an issue with his role. Like he's the type of person, mm. and they go back to the issue with. They talk about this with James Harden. They talk about this with uh with uh, Kyrie Irving. They talk about this with uh, Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook at certain okay. points of their career, right? Where if their role was a certain way, they didn't want to. They weren't going to be down for it, right? And right. that's not team. That's not a team first attitude. No. Um. So his issue is that if he don't start, he don't. He don't. I don't. I don't necessarily say he want to play, but I feel like he mentally checks out if he doesn't start. He does. So. And for that particular aspect of it, and, and it might be a situation, it might be a lineup, or it might be a matchup, or it might be a playoff series that you don't match up well with that team. Right. Case in point, the Denver series. Yeah. You don't match up well with the team. We should have put you on the bench and let you come off the bench and, and give you a limited role, and we should have played a different lineup. But True. The, fact, the fact that we feel like you, if you feel like as a coach or a staff, that you're going to mentally check out and not be not be any good to us at all yep. because of, your, of the fact that you're not starting, handicap your team. And handicap your team, so, so you're gonna tell me that automatically you have to slate him in as a point, as a starting point guard, right off, off the top. Like we just already know that that's that's yep. a given. Even whether or not he gets outplayed by Austin or Gabe or or or, or Cam for that matter, you don't anybody on that roster that's, that that plays a guard. You, if he gets outplayed and they should start, if they earned it, then you still can't give it to him for the simple fact that he's no be no good to you if he doesn't start. That's 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 that's, that's ridiculous to me. That is that's ridiculous that to is. Me. That's so extremely. That's my issue with him. That's why I didn't want him back. I, I would have much had a much more been appreciative than bringing back Dennis Schroeder than him for that for the particular fact that Dennis is going to play defense. He's going to play. He's going to play his role. He's going to come off the True. bench and be good. He's going to start and be good. It doesn't matter what he does. And both stances with him being with the Lakers both times, you see that he's about basketball. He's about team basketball. So I would much mm-hmm. more rather had him be on the court with this team and be a, a added bonus to them defensively than having D'Angelo back. Well, don't play no defense, number one. True. And the streak, streak in the offense, number two. So when he's not hitting his, off, he's not hitting his shot, he's definitely not going to defend anybody. So he's he's he's, a, he's almost Russell Westbrook with a better shot. True. True. So I, I, that part that part gives me pause. I don't like it. I really don't. But and I don't, honestly truly don't understand why they felt like they needed to bring him back. I don't get it. I really, I mean, I, I don't know what Darvin Ham and, and Rob Plink's thought process was, him over Schroeder. I much mm-hmm. would have had, rather had Schroeder, in my opinion. But 
they did it, and we got to make it work. But outside yeah. of that, I'm very happy with all the moves they made. I think that oh, they definitely upgraded the roster. I think they're in a really good, good prime position. And I really feel like this team, even if you take LeBron or AD off the court in any particular point in time, they're still highly competitive. And I think right. that's what they were going for. I think they really yeah. want them to be able to win basketball games if it had come to a point where they, either one of those big names need to be off the court in any stretch of time. That's true. You know? That's so, true. I, I definitely like the moves, and I like the way they're, where they're going with this, and I think it's going to be a very interesting, uh, I guess you could say, year for them because they're going to be able to play with each other the whole year is versus oh, yeah. being a yeah. half a season, and they're fighting to get in the playoffs. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely like it. You know, like I said, we talk about the Rockets at length, we talk about the Mavericks at length already, so I think that, you know, these acquisitions are definitely um, going to boost their team. But mm-hmm. before we leave this segment, before we talk about Dane, what do you, I, you know, holistically, you know, as we break down the whole entire free agency market and period, right? Um, like, who do you think stylistically and holistically, you know, you're going to keep a team you're going to keep your eye on and a team that may have gotten, you know, a, a, a few steps better? Um, who are names, who, who a team, it could be maybe be a household name come the regular season. Who, who do you feel like that team or teams might be? Look, you can call me a homer, but I'm going to say the Lakers are definitely okay. a team that I put up there. Uh, again, a team that I put up there because to me, you saw two different teams from the beginning of the season, the first half of the season to the second half of the season. Mm. And you saw how well, how well majority of the players that they were able to sign back mm-hmm. played together. Okay. Um, and so when I look, you know, at them, when I look at who they signed, even if you look right here, you know, you have two guards, you have a power forward, a small forward, and a center. You de- you technically have a starting five. That you do. Right here. That you right? do. Mm-hmm. Now you add in AD, you add in LeBron. Uh, to me, you are able to take a lot of pressure off LeBron because you have outside shooting. Mm-hmm. You have people that are gritty enough to play defense, scrappy, and you can space the floor out with all these guys. And I really do, depending on how Cam shows up, I really mm-hmm. think that the Cam Reddish signing could be a very strong sign. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm, I have got my eye on that because what 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 our staff and mainly Phil Handy did with Rui Hachimura in a half yeah. a season, and just to add to that fire or add to that, add to that statement, Mm-hmm. And Rui decided not to play his uh, European his, on his European team in in, in the, for the uh, World Cup, uh, World yeah. Championships to work out with Phil over the offseason so he can get better. Yeah. So that tells you how much he values Phil's uh, tutelage and how much he progressed his game in a half a season. So imagine mm-hmm. with that with that half a season coupled with the whole offseason and the whole regular season with him and Cam him, him being working with them and our rookies. I think this team is definitely going to be formidable. I, I and that's yep. not a homer take. That's just that's just simple fact. And based on what they did last year, you brought back all the nucle- you brought back the nucleus because we, we we brought back Vanderbilt as well. That's a, that yeah. was a sign. That was a well, he who wasn't on, he wasn't we pick up his option. So it wasn't like right. a resigning. He he had a he had a player option that we picked up. So we automatically kept him, and that was kind of an underrated thing. But he was a great defender. He's going. He's working on his offensive game, trying to trying to get his outside shot together. So, I think that that team is definitely looking up. I think we definitely um, top to bottom. I think we're really good defensively. I think we got better from the three, and of course, having two you know Hall of Fame players on your roster, couple yeah. with these surrounding pieces. I think we're in really good shape. I really do. Um, yeah. Like I said, only only odd man and weird dude in the club that I'm kind of shaking my head at right now is D'Angelo Russell. 
right. you know, you right. know. But if he can kind of rein himself in, if he can, he can mature a little bit and, and accept and his put, role, accept his role, put a team first, then he'll be fine too. But yeah. again, he need to be more consistent with his shot. He need to get better defensively. If he does those things, then I'm okay with him. But yeah, outside of that, I'm, I, I got my I got my eye on him as far as being a, a, an issue. But him, yeah. outside of him, I, re- I top to bottom like the roster. I really do. Yeah, and then on, and then this is the other take that I have: mm-hmm. the lack of movement by the Nuggets. Mm. So I'm, I'm I'm interested on: are they doing a well, the, cap preparation type yeah. of move to a degree? You but know? they they bring back everybody but Bruce Brown. So and that's why I said that the lack of mm. movement mm. from them. Mm. Is that this sign of hey, we're going to run this back? Of course, they have their draft pick, mm. right? But looking at the contracts that they have coming up, mm-hmm. are they making a let's hold, let's pause, let's do what we're doing and prepare to try to, you know, to work to resign? Because I think they are they are the Lakers as well, seeing what happened and saying we have something that works. We have majority of our team under contract. If we stay put, we know we have a nucleus. We see that it works. These 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 players play well together, mm-hmm. and we can prepare ourselves for contract signings to keep this going. I'm interested to see the lack of movement uh, from the Nuggets and what that means from them. Because technically, listen, the way Murray and Joker play together, and the way Gordon stepped up, yeah, Michael Porter Jr. and KCP, yeah, l- listen. Uh, if I know our guy took the bag, I'm not mad. He got a ring. Hey, time to secure my my family's future. Uh, but if I'm looking at legacy, and I'm looking at running it back, mm-hmm. hey, treat treat me treat me accordingly, mm-hmm. and let's come to a middle ground contract because we got a three to five year run here that it's we possible. can dominate uh, mm-hmm. and and play well. Because again, Murray. Murray's a one of the members of your Young Gun Academy, and Joker is one of the most dominant players. You don't have to like it, but the way it's he blue showed up, like a mother, but he get it done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now he likes he likes parades. Oh right, man, right, right, right. Oh man, and he got a little tipsy. Yeah, Listen. yeah. He, he got he he got Americanized real quick, didn't he? Oh man, he messed mm-hmm. around and got some of that Colorado Rocky beer. And yeah. he don't know what to do with himself. Don't know what to do with it. He didn't don't go know. home at first. I, exactly. He, I like parade. Right. <laughs> I like I have a drago. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But, uh, but well, yeah. What's, what's your take? What who who's who's your interesting people or team? Well, this could actually become a whole segment as I'm looking at it. But it, I, I feel like, I feel like two teams. I'm, I'm gonna just go with two teams. I think that okay. I think the Pacers are going to ascend. Okay. I think that based upon me looking at that roster and breaking down as we on the fly as we talked about, I think the Pacers will ascend. Because I think okay. the Bulls and the Raptors are gonna take a step back. No Nick Nurse. That no, nope. you know, they know no Nick Nurse. That's I mean that we can probably put a full stop there. No Nick Nurse, right they're gonna there. take a step back. Yes. Regardless of who they're on the team, no Nick Nurse, they're sticking back. No Lonzo yeah. and his Bulls, they're stepping back. Yes. We don't know what the Heat are gonna do. Because they they're 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 the number one uh spot landing spot for Dane right now. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, but they get Dame, that's a whole different conversation. But I feel like that the pace, like I said, the pace is going to step up, and I think they're going to be um, in the mix um, in that playing area, maybe that six seed time frame, depending on how well they gel. Um, yeah. So that's my team in the East. Now, my team in the West is um, 
Now, just look at the the Black Trailblazers and who what they, what's going to happen with them. That's just going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, but I feel like I feel like a team that's going to probably likely likely ascend is the Thunder. I think the Thunder will 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 start to make some noise as well. Um, as far as them being uh, you know, a team that's going to uh, you know, rise up in in being that uh, that mix okay. for that one through six, you know, time frame of making the playoffs outright versus them making the playoffs. Right. But um, but yeah. But like I said, they will get Chad Holman Greg. Hopefully he stays healthy. You know, adding that um in the trade they made. So I think they I think they're primed to make a make a decent run. I think with the other teams having so much uncertainty, um, the Pelicans with Zion, his uncertainty. Yeah. Ja with his uncertainty with the Grizzlies. I don't know if they got their new guards. It's all you know, it's a lot of uncertainty over there. Yeah. I think the Warriors are, and the Clippers are kind of uncertain because I still feel like with their elder statesmen, they don't really have a lot of young youth around them like they did when they made okay. the title two years ago. So I'm curious about that, but um, but I feel like the Nuggets and the Lakers for sure. The Suns being top heavy, that's going to be an issue. Yep, for me. So I think that in the West is going to be a real different uh, shift. Um, I even think the Jazz uh, will make a will make us make a, some noise coming uh, coming this season with their with their addition. So it, it's yeah. going to be interesting, man. I think there's a lot of talent in this, in a lot of people. I think the probably the top twelve teams in the, in the in the conference period have a lot of talent on them. They could if they put it together. And they gel early, then it could definitely be a very uh, highly competitive conference. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I definitely got my eyes on, on those two to three teams to, to quote unquote make some noise. Okay. So speaking of the West, let's talk about Dame Lillard, man. Oh, <laughs> come on now. Let's talk about this guy. So um, he is. Uh, it's 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 a long time coming. If you ask me, <laughs> when it comes down to him finally requesting this trade, right? Yeah. You know he's been. He's been whispering and murmuring. People have been kind of, you know, throwing shots at him saying that, you know, why are you staying in Portland this long? And why are you, uh, you know, constantly being, uh, you know, underserved in regards to them building around you, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and for a long time, you know, he was on his loyalist, you know, campaign. I was just, you know, I'm, I'm here for Portland. They drafted me, you know, that I feel like that we can win here. This and a third, you know, going all the way back to when he was teamed up with CJ McCullough and those guys, you know, yeah. but... It's been disappointment after disappointment, and they've gone from they haven't ascended. They've actually regressed. Yes, in large spaces. So you know, it's gone from you know making it deep into the playoffs to uh, ultimately getting eliminated in the first round to not mm-hmm. making playoffs at all. Mm-hmm. You know, so and now they're getting very very young when it comes down to their roster. Yes, um, they drafted Shaden Sharp last year. They drafted a scoop this year. Yeah. Um, on top of paying Jeremy Simon, J- uh, Jeremy Grant Simon, Jeremy Grant and Anthony Simon money, big time mm-hmm. money. Um, so it feels like a rebuild to him. And he said unequivocally that he wasn't down for a rebuild. He was right. looking to you know win, and he started to realize. Now, I feel like him and Bradley Bill both you know have probably they're probably two or three years too late on this because I've been harping on this for years. Um, I think I might have been harping on this since we started this podcast network. I honestly yeah. might have saying that they are they just need to cut bait and go because it's clear that this organization isn't uh, capable with their current regime their current management group to honestly truly build around you in a way that you could be highly competitive yeah so now that we get into the years of 29 30 years old now it might come with age and wisdom that you might honestly truly realize that what you need to do but here we are so Brandy bill was traded already now dame was talking to the team about him being want to be traded so 
what do you make of this? And and then we'll get into where we feel like, you know, how this may end in regards to him being traded. Because there's a lot of things going on out there in regards to what he wants versus what the Blazers want. You know, it's a different, it's a whole different, it's a lot of different play plays in this particular playbook. So how do you feel about this uh, request? Uh, I know a lot of people say, and, and, and you know, even hearing your statement, um, is that he's a couple years late. I can respect why he did it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I truly believe that's his makeup. I think him and Giannis are just those type of guys. They're just really cut from that type of cloth of mm-hmm. we're going to blaze our own path. Mm-hmm. We're going to blaze our own way. And it's going to be with who we started with. I think the difference between watching the Portland situation and Milwaukee is that I hate to say, but I'm going to say it. Dane woke up. I, I really think this was his. He sat back and and did a tremendous job up to this point of quieting the noise. Like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on my own shield, mm-hmm. right? Not listening to anything else. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this my way. But I, I, I think with this signing, especially signing Scoop um, and watching the landscape, watching the free agency, seeing the situation and stepping back. And I do think seeing that, hold on, I'm 33. Mm-hmm. I'm 33 years old. I've given you, <laughs> think of dating. I've given you some of my best years. All right. I've been here. I didn't wine and dined you, took you out, uh, didn't didn't take you to 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 uh, Golden Corral to get steak. We went to some of the best steakhouses around. Right. And then he went he went Denzel. And this is how you do me. Oh, you. You think you could do this to me? <laughs> to me. Look, because I think he to me when you sit back and look, right. He he he. He put the mirror in front of him and said, "Okay, what did they do to make me better? And they drafted me. They drafted my position. They drafted. They drafted my replacement. Basically, that's basically what they said. They draft because here's the thing. And I don't again, I'm I'm prefacing this. I don't think it was a slight. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was anything disrespectful at all. But listening to when they drafted Scoop, Mm -hmm. right, listening to how he talked, it wasn't a, man, I'm excited. I can't wait to link with Dane. I can't wait to get back. Mm -hmm. You know, when when I leave here, I'm hitting Dane up. I'm already, you know, looking forward to how we X, Y, and Z. It was none of that. It wasn't anything in that type of, Man, what me and Dame gonna be able to do together is right. going to be electric. I do think if Dame was twenty eight, this would be great because mm-hmm. they both have that type of fire. But then to also see, and this to me, this is when it was like, I'm not rebuilding. It's one thing to say my numbers are already taken. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to ask for a jersey with double zero. Right. To me, that's kind of like, hold on, Slim. Hold on. First of all, first of all, you ask, 
But then second of all, but they agree to it. But definitely you don't ask. That that's not even a, a ask because you already know what your superstar has as on a, on his jersey now. That's always war. That's all. And then the team the team says yes right. to it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think this is again my thoughts. This is and this is the final part I will say. Well, no, it's not the final part. It's part one of two that I will say. I think one, this is Dane really saying, y'all are really not putting me in position to be competitive. I didn't put this team on my back, mm-hmm. right? So you're gonna you you're not doing things to show me my value, to show me how much you appreciate when I could have skipped bait and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And then also looking at the run Miami had, right? Mm-hmm. It's all fine and dandy until the the work the work girlfriend wears that one sundress, and you like hold up. I ain't never seen that thing look like that. Mm-hmm. When you look and he's watching Miami and and I'm guessing to say if they had me, if they had what I can do, mm-hmm. what would have been? What could have been? Yep. What could have been? And I'm at a place now, my money's solid. Mm-hmm. I'm straight. I'm at the back half of my NBA career. I want to know what it feels like to go deeper in to the win. playoffs mm-hmm. and to win. Yep. And so with that, I think all that combined um, is when Dane made his decision. And I love the stance that he's taken because, mm-hmm. again, it's about leverage and negotiation. And really, what can you say to Dane? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, this is one of those – Hey, we're going to show you our appreciation because we're going to look for extreme middle ground. We're not going to play hardball. Dane, we're going to do everything in our power as long as it's comparable, right? Not talking about sending us a a fifth round draft pick, but as long as it's comparable, we're going to, Dane, we're going to show you that, hey, we wish we could have made it work, but it didn't. But we're going to, we're going to wish you the best. And we're going to we're going to Matthew Stafford you. We're oh, going to wow. put you in a situation that mm-hmm. is ready made. You want to go to Miami? We're going to talk to Miami only. But I don't like that Joe Cronin statement. This is not the time. This is not the time to flex. This is this is this isn't the moment to flex. Okay. Do what you can do for Dame. But I love Dame's statement. It's Miami or bus slim. Don't talk to me about anybody else. Mm. Yeah, I think that because I mean, I've, I read a few more reports. I didn't get a chance to post them on this uh, on this graphic, but you know, yeah. it was on one hand, it was like you know we want to you know do right by him and and also you know get us to a place where we can uh, build for the future. Um, you know, and Cully Dames made a, a staunch statement that said he only wants to play for Miami. So I, I kind of feel like this could get this could get rocky. This could get shaky. Okay, I think. I think it could come down to, uh, you know, who blinks first type of situation because I because looking from Dane's perspective, start with Dane's perspective. He's looking at it from like, if you trade me to anywhere but somewhere like Miami, then I'm right back in the same situation I was with in Portland, and I don't. That's True. not what I want. But right. on, on the on the 
Blazers' perspective, they're looking at it from perspective. They know that, and this what this what teams do. They if the team knows that you have no leverage in regards to what you can do as far as trading him, like you don't, you don't. I know he wants to come here. He wants to come here only. So I'm not going to offer you the world for him. I'm going to give you right. the bare minimum. You know, right. so it's going to be a second round pick. It's not going to be a first. It's going to be a role player. It's not going to be a start. That kind of thing. Like, you know, we're not trading Bam or or Jimmy or anybody that else. We agree, you know, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, you know, somebody like that. You know, some a few a, a, a pick swap in 2029. You know, we're going to yeah. give you stuff like that. We're not going to give you top dollar for him because we know that he wants to come here. So you have no leverage in that in the negotiation. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, you know, I guess you can say, and I won't say pennies on a dollar, but 50 cents on a dollar. I'm not going to give you, right. you know, a dollar on a dollar. So, right. That, that particular aspect of it, and, and I saw a report that they said that although that's what they know he wants, they're going to do what's best for the team. That's why I say it could get ugly. It could get messy. Because if they, if they, because he has no, tra- he don't have no trade costs. They can do what they want. Right. Right. So, you know, and, and I also saw something too that's kind of a, 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 I guess you can say a nugget of information that teams and players are also noticing and they're kind of monitoring what they what the team does for Dane. If they honor his request and send him where he wants to send him and he goes to where he wants to go and they'll they'll kind of, you know, see that as a, as a good nod and a good act of faith. But if they do him dirty, the likelihood of people wanting to go to Portland going forward is going to be slim. So you're going to, you're going to basically hurt yourself holistically long-term for free agency, you know, if you don't do right by Dane. But if you do do right by him, he's likely not going to get traded for a Rudy Gobert or or Bradley Bill or Kevin Durant type of haul because they know exactly where he wants, where he wants to be. And I'm going to keep my core together. I'm going to keep who I want to keep. And I'm going to give you who I don't want to keep. And that's just what it is. And I'll give you future traffics and deal with it. <laughs> that's basically why it breaks down to me. Yeah. So... I think this situation could really get ugly. Uh, in all honesty, it really could get ugly if they just if they just capitulate and say oh, we're going to trade him and just give me give me a decent value for his trade rights. Yeah, and it get in quickly. But if it does not, yes. this could draw. This could literally draw out. Dame holding out come regular regular season, them getting towards a trade deadline, and it, it, it has to happen now type of deal. But he might sit. I mean, he, it really could. Get that, ain't ugly. No, that ain't no Mike Slim. If if yeah. if you if you ever want to see look in the dictionary of f around and find out, right? You'll see Dame Lillard with his picture, face. just like that. On his picture with oh, his hand, just like that. His, yeah, yeah. Because he's a player that I think, based off principle, yeah. he will sit. He's thirty two. I looked up. He's thirty two. Oh, yeah. He has yeah, two years left yeah, why, why on his contract. Yeah. Why would I? Why would I play? Why would I? Why and it's guaranteed. Yeah. So you gonna have to pay me regardless. That's it. Ben Simmonsism. <laughs> Man, I'm just at I'm at this point. Listen, like you said, people are watching. If there's anyone that people can sit back holistically and and generally look across the board and say, if there's ever a player that yo he's in he's in work for this, mm-hmm. Dame is that dude. Yeah, and that show that goes to show what the players feel about how how they feel about him. They say he's been yeah. loyal to y'all for 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 over ten years, where a lot of other players wouldn't have wouldn't have, and y'all won't do right by him in that regard. So on, yeah, man. I agree with you. They need to go to Matt Stafford Road, not the not to get the best I can for him or send him to the Pacers or or or, or somewhere like that. If we do that, then, the, then you may never get a, a big name free agency in the next 10 Ever. years. Ever. Never. Because word travels fast. And yes. you, might, you might ultimately screw yourself in the long run if you don't do right by Dame. So the Blazers are an interesting situation. 
Yes. They, they must, and again, they got a good team. I mean, they got they got Nurkic, they got Simons, they got Grant, they got the two guys, Shane Sharp and 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 Scoot. They just drafted. They got a court, young core nucleus. They just need further assets and maybe a couple of veterans. Yeah, to, to put around them. I think that's all they need. So don't get yep. greedy, Portland, and you'll be fine. Yep, yep. Trade that man to Miami. Yep. Yeah, but what's what's that do to Miami when he's traded? Huh? What's that do to Miami once it gets traded? Ooh. All right, listen. It might almost make me get NBA TV. <laughs> Just to see to see Dane and oh man. To get the lead yeah. to see Jimmy and Dane in Miami. With Bam, yeah, yeah. With yeah. Bam. Hey, listen, it makes them scary and it, it makes does. them I, I put them top three. I, I would too. I would too. Yeah. It, I, it, I don't, it, I'm not it, sure it, what's going to happen with the Celtics, but Bucks, them, and uh, I don't know who else. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> they're, they're I, it, it moves above. It moves uh, the the Celtics to three. It definitely and does move the Celtics to three. I agree yeah. with that. I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. So yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. But Portland's yeah. in definitely an interesting situation. So we'll see how it breaks down. Yes. All right. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll flip, flip over to the NFL segment, and we'll get into. The value of NFL running backs, we'll talk about that. Top 10 tight ends, and we'll also talk about uh, what's most likely not to happen when it comes to division winners. We'll be back in a minute and 30. We are back. We are back. That is our ad and our uh, intro for the 30 minute lockdown airing each and every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all your public platforms. You get your podcast from. And we are ha- in the halfway mark of our series of NFL preseason rundown. We're bringing out each division week by week and uh, giving our rundown about what the rosters look like and how we grade them in uh, preseason, how they're going to look like going into the regular season or the preseason for that matter, because some guys might not make it in the 53. But we're breaking them down, talking about free agency, trades, draft, breaking out all of that and giving our grades on which their roster looks like top to bottom. So it's a very good series. They're definitely doing well in the, on the viewership 
uh, stratosphere. So check that out. You have it. The replays and the videos are all on the channel. And uh, like I said, this week we'll be doing the NFC South. We're breaking down that division. Very quirky division, to say the least. And uh, it's definitely something we could uh, wrap our minds and eyes around and to see who's going to be the division winner in that particular regard. But speaking of that, let's talk about the NFL as, in this, as a whole, right? So we're going to start off yeah. with a segment called Most Likely Not. We're going to do division winners from last year, and we're going to discuss very quickly how we feel about who's most likely not to repeat as the division winner in that particular division. So, mm-hmm. starting off, starting off with the uh, uh, NFC, we had the Eagles that won the last year, the Vikings won the North, the Buccaneers won the South, the 49ers won the West. AFC, the Bills won the East, the Bengals won the North, the Jaguars won the South, and the Chiefs won the, won the West. Mm-hmm. So, Based upon, you know, rosters and, and moves and, and things that have changed year to year, I guess give me your team maybe one or two um, that you feel like will most likely not repeat as division winners and why. I'm going to stay in the NFC. I'm going to say the Vikings and the Bucks mm. most likely won't repeat um, as, as NFC champions. Uh, and then the AFC, the only that, mm, nah, uh, yeah, I can't. I want to say the Jaguars, but really the Jaguars have reloaded very well. Uh, Lawrence, another year in this offense. Mm-hmm. Hell, you look at the offense, the AFC, man, when you look at trios of receivers and skill players, uh-huh. the AFC is scary. I mean, all the way. And then you look at the quarterbacks. You have Allen. Just off these you, these these four teams, you have Allen, you have Burrow, you have Lawrence, and you have Mahomes. All right. Bro. Bro. <laughs> what? And outside of the Bills having a contentious situation, everybody else, man, is playing with house money, right. and the Jaguars have drastically improved. Mm-hmm. So when I look at it, I'm looking at the Vikings – and I'm definitely looking at the Bucks. The Bucks fell into um, their NFC South championship. Yeah, that division was so bad that they just won it by yeah. default. Yeah. And listen, they, the Bucks are doing a great PR job with selling, trying to sell us uh, with their quarterback situation. Uh huh. But let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh (laughs) Not so fast, my friend. Right. Not so fast. Because when I look um, in that division and then when I look at that team, who's your your running game? And we're going to get to running backs. Your running game is extremely susceptible. Mm -hmm. Your your quarterback right now is a player that's been bounced around Mm -hmm. multiple places. And so – Two other teams have upgraded in your division. And one mm-hmm. team, I'm look, they're the Lions. They're the they're the 2023-24 version of the Lions to me. They've sold me. They bought me. Uh, I, I'm bought in. The culture, the dynamic, the drafts. I really think the Carolina Panthers are going to make a lot of noise mm. this year. And in the NFC South, and the Saints have upgraded they have. as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So when I look, and then when I look at the North, I just think the Vikings, even though they have one of the top receivers, I just I Madison has been a great fill in, 
but he's not a Davin Cook to he's me. No da- he's definitely no Davin Cook. And then when I look at their defense, have gotten much older, and they've lost pieces from last year's defense, which wasn't good in the first place. <laughs> which wasn't good, and I think th- I think another year of the Lions being together, right? Listen, and addition uh, they made because you're talking about Jack Campbell, Jameer Gibbs. Oh come you know, on, man! Tight end Laporta. I mean, yeah. Excited. You get me excited over here. So I definitely think those two teams are going to be the teams. The Eagles and 49ers. Look, the NFC West. As much as you can say, maybe the, the the 49ers have done a great job retooling. And if the Eagles don't, I know this will be the first time in many years that the NFC East has had a repeat champion. Mm-hmm. All the Eagles have done has just they have become the NFL version of Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. So yeah, you know, they didn't lose anything. They didn't. I mean, for the most part, I mean, they lost Charles Gunner Johnson, but they replaced him with a couple of guys. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. and all AJ Brown did was go Gremlins and recreate himself and Mingo and sent him <laughs> to the NFC South with Carolina. So, right, those right. are my two. Yeah, those are my two teams that that are not likely to repeat. Well, yeah, I think the Eagles are safe. Um, I think the Vikings yeah. are definitely in trouble. Uh, I'm looking at uh, uh, we don't know what Jordan Love is going to be, but that Packers roster is good. So if yes. he's solid, I think they could make some noise. I'm yeah. looking at the Bears to be better. Definitely looking for the Lions to be better. Um, yes. So I think that the NFC North is definitely up for grabs. Yeah. NFC South is up for grabs as well. I think the Saints have the have the veteran uh, inside track because yep. they have a veteran team and a veteran quarterback. Um, but I do I do love everything they're doing in Carolina. Everything, yeah. Like, oh, yes. The coaching staff to the to, to the quarterback, all the moves they made roster wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're they're primed to be good in the next couple of years. Um, NFC West only gives me a kind of inkling that it could be. It's a small percentage chance because I think the Rams and the and the Cardinals are really and look for they're in, they're in the, they're in line for a rough season. Let me put it that way. Yeah, they're yeah. in line for a rough season. But I think that um, who the quarterback is ultimately um, for the 49ers would dictate whether or not the Seahawks have any chance of sneaking it away from them. Mm-hmm. They, did, they did lose an offensive lineman. Um, they did get better on defense, but they did lose an offensive lineman. And the quarterback's uh, situation is in peril. We don't know what Brock Purdy's health is, honestly. We don't know if Trey Lance is any good. So, you know, that's, I mean, but again, the coaching, you know, in that particular aspect of it, definitely takes over, supersedes that in a lot of regards because. You know, if you can learn the scheme, execute the scheme, a lot of times that typically works offensively for Shanahan. Right. So, right. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, the Seahawks have outside chances. I like a lot of the thing, things they did roster-wise, and they can, you know, re- replicate what he did last year or yeah. be better because I think he needed to be better because I feel like he was good in the early on first, first half, but I think he kind of faltered late. So yeah. can he be good for 17 games would dictate how well they do. Right. I think the Bills, they have an outside chance of being unseated by the Jets or the Dolphins. But if if they don't have if they can get themselves together, um, you know, internally, I think yeah. they'll be fine. But I do think okay. the, the Jets and the and the Dolphins have a chance. Um, the the North is going to be a black and blue division. I feel like every team in that division is good. And I think the Browns. <laughs> I think the Browns are going to surprise a lot of people. True. In my in my opinion, um, yep. the Ravens are going to surprise people with that with their sneaky uh good offense and their defense is going to be lights out. In my opinion, yeah, yeah. Um, and the Steelers, to me, I feel like they might be roster wise might be the fourth best team in the division, but they're still good. I feel like True. they could win. Uh, they could win the North if they were in the North and in, in the NFC. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, so that says a lot. So I think that I think whoever wins that division, either the Bengals or anybody else, they're going to earn it. Yes. It's going to be the black and blue division of this particular uh, calendar year. 
Yes. Um, the Jags, I feel like they're probably the safest on this list. <laughs> 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 they're the safest. I mean, you know, knock on wood, don't want to see it, but anything happened to Trevor Lawrence, that's the only chance you really have of them not being competitive. True. Um, and I think that the Chargers have an outside chance of unseating Chiefs, but you got to do it. Yeah. You know, I think they, yeah. they, until they do it, the Chiefs are the guys. Yeah. Until they until they unseat them, and I feel like they have the best chance of unseating them based upon their roster, their quarterback, and you know everything. You know everything considered, they have a chance. But until until you, like I said, I always say, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Until they do it, then you, then they ha- you have to honestly and truly give it to the Chiefs. So I think that's my takes on it. I think there's a slight outside chance for some, but I think the the Jaguars are the safest. <laughs> out of right. everybody. Right. Jags and yeah. Eagles. The Jags and Eagles are the safest in my opinion. Yeah. 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 All right, so let's talk about NFL uh, contracts, running backs, things of that nature. So uh, we've been going back and forth about this for a good while, about the, about the NFL running back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's four guys, as you can see on the screen, that's still sitting free agency at this very moment that were highly productive, you know, some were number one overall. Well, now, well, they were first-round picks, yep. um, you know, in certain regards. You know, these guys were... You know, you got a Super Bowl champion on here. You got a guy, you know, who was uh, a criminal charge away from being the man in KC. Yeah, Zeke Elliott was a, was a top was a top ten running back. Dalvin Cook has mm-hmm. been a pro a perennial Pro Bowler. So the idea of the NFL running back has gotten a bad rap, and I probably should have put yes. Eckler on this particular list too, but he's still signed, so he's not a free yeah. agent. So the 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 devaluements or the of the NFL running back has been a, a topic of conversation here lately. They're the people that get hit the most, and the people that yeah. have the most grueling job outside of a divas alignment or offensive alignment, that kind of thing. So, you know, what is what do you feel like is the issue when it comes down to the NFL running back and why they're so devalued at this moment? And they nobody can seem to get paid because you got the guys like Jonathan Taylor who's coming up on a contract and a few others that want to get paid. And, and Dalvin Cook, not Dalvin Cook, but uh, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, guys of that nature who are, you know, leading NFL leading rushers, you know, highly capable. You know, then they just seem to, teams don't seem to want to invest. So what do you think right. there is the reason for that? Uh, in my personal opinion, it's because it's easier to blame your lack of coaching and your lack of uh, uh, identifying talent on the running back position than it is to take accountability and responsibility for poor play calling and poor coaching. And I think some players who have played, I hate to say played over their contract Mm -hmm. and later rounds has, has changed this narrative Mm. so much of we can find this running back later in the draft, right? Yeah. Yeah. But when I went back and looked at analytics and looked at draft picks that were later round running backs Mm -hmm. that were successful, the later round running backs were damn good running backs. Yeah, they were. That happened to fall later, but it wasn't. Listen, the thing that I've noticed, this wasn't scrub trash running backs that just came up and did it. No, these were these were high quality running backs that that went through the battles, went through 
things in college mm-hmm. that just came into the NFL and took advantage of their opportunity. But these were very, very talented running backs that fell to the later rounds, right? And I think that because people have mis, um, misanalyzed, overreached, overdrafted mm-hmm. the running back position, okay. and because certain teams, i.e. Tennessee, put so much tread on these running backs and they 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 haven't progressed and modernized their offense that the running back position has become quote unquote mystified of oh you don't want to pay them because they fall off and they drop off and you don't get your money back and you can run him back by committee and all this but I can tell you this you go back and look at teams that made deep playoff runs and you look at teams that have won Super Bowls in in that time of the year mm-hmm. there has not been a team that has went deep in the playoffs or won the Super Bowl and their running game wasn't clicking and they hadn't won the running yardage game. I went back and looked at last year playoffs and Super Bowl and I went back in the year before. Mm-hmm. The teams that won at that stage of the season, even though we love to see the 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 flying the 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 football around and tossing and going, the teams that won, they won the they they won the yardage from the running back position game. Mm-hmm. There was not a team that outthrew people in the playoffs. They outran people in the playoffs. And a lot of people have gotten paid because they have made their money in the playoffs as a running back. When you look on here, outside of Leonard Fournette, who I think kind of fell into a bad position, Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. oh man, when he, he like you said, one decision away from being a multiple Super Bowl champion. Davin Cook has had some injuries. Ezekiel Elliott has fell into that yardage and and usage situation, injury Mm -hmm. situation as well. But again, if you don't have a solid running back, if you don't have a running back that is talented, you're going to get in position, you're going to get in trouble quickly when it gets to playoff football. Mm-hmm. And so I still think the running back position has fallen out of favor. But I also think that comes to, again, from evaluating talent. And I think it's starting in high school and college, these guys being ran into the dirt. Mm-hmm. And so by the time they get to the NFL, they've had so much, so many hits on their body that bro, they playing with dead legs at 25 and 26 years old. It's mm. not that they're not talented. It's just that, again, as you say, this is a position that takes a lot of hits and they take gruesome injuries. Mm. And a lot of people still think of the Bo Jacksons, the one gentleman that was with the Raiders that suffered a gruesome injury. And you've seen these injuries. And then all of a sudden, uh, we, why do we pay them? We paid them. And now all of a sudden we don't get the return back on the mm. investment. Well, that's happened with receivers as well. That's so not that's what I think. Not as much. But yeah, mm. I would still base my team. What's the quarterback's best friend? A strong running game. What's a defense best friend? 
clock possession, strong running game. Mm-hmm. Again, look at teams that don't have running backs, and I will tell you, they wish uh, that they they had some 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 strong and great running backs. And if you look at Houston and you look at uh, Seattle, they have super talented running backs that just mm-hmm. in in college they were productive, but those co- those running backs in college had certain situations that they didn't get to mature. To what we see now but it's mm-hmm. not like they're not talented talented running backs and so that, that that's my that's my take on the running back position i think i still think that you should pay them but it's a quarterback league now and quarterbacks are sexy and all that but if you want your quarterback to be productive and win and successful outside of the patrick mahomes yeah mm-hmm. he's he's an anomaly right put a running back back there and allow your quarterback to play and mature and grow up into the system. That's why I think Anthony Richardson is going to have a strong career. Well, yeah, yeah. Because he's, got a, yeah. he's got a damn good running back behind mm-hmm. him, and that's going to be something. And I think that's why Bryce Young is going to be successful. And I think C.J. Stroud is going to be successful as well Damian because Pierre. of that reason. Yep. 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 I like it. I, like it. I, th- I think there's a lot of things to play here. <clears throat> I think the fact that – you you look at it from a, a, a value perspective. If you're getting by by ratio, if you're getting a better return or as much of a good return out of a third or fourth or fifth or even seven round pick in Isaiah Pacheco's case, mm-hmm. uh, who was Super Bowl champion in his rookie year, if you're getting the same type of value from guys of that genre that you are for guys that air quote getting drafted in the first round, you know some of these guys on this list were drafted in the first round. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, is, is an example. You know, I'm going to spend less in his in his first deal, and then again, you know, I'm not going to utilize him, and I'm not going to, you know, air quote, you know, give him the ball an enormous amount of time. Says one, save his body. Two, I don't. It also plays into the idea of how much I had to pay him on the second go around if I pay right. him at all. Because people right. see people mix and match. And we can get into that to a second. I'll show the second graphic of this is the fact that they, you know, guys that are been drafted by a certain team when that contract is up, they go to a different team. You know, yeah. and you know, and they get a certain amount of money, a certain price point, or they don't. But regardless, is that they typically don't stay with the team that draft them after the first contract anymore. That's yeah. that's a, that's a trend. Yeah, that's a trend. So I think that that particular aspect of it being, like you said, gotten to your point where you you know you got guys that 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 garner a a, a certain uh, I guess you can say notoriety in college. You know, and say that this guy is a has a first round grade on him. I.e. Jameer Gibbs. I.e. Mm-hmm. B. John Robinson. You know, they mm-hmm. got their first round grades on them who actually haven't been drafted in the first round. But, you know, if I can get what I can get out of Jameer Gibbs out of a, out of a guy that I drafted in the fourth round, I want to most likely to do that. So right. that, that there's a devaluement there because of the right. production you're getting from these later round guys who are hungrier. You know, I think that the guys that you draft in the later rounds or all these UDFAs for that matter, I think they are super hungry because they have nothing to lose. They got to get on. They got to prove themselves. So right. They come to work every day with their bootstrap up tight. Like, let's mm-hmm. go to work. And I'm not going to take any days off. So right. I think that part is playing into it. The, the dynamic and the shift of what the league is going to plays into as well, because you have to realize that, again, to your point, the quarterback is sexy. They're getting the most money. You know, everybody's getting, you know, upwards of $50 million a year in new, in new money now if you're a quarterback. And they're the one person that you don't let out your out your building if he is good. You know, mm-hmm. you might let a running back walk because you draft him high. But guess what? That quarterback, if he's productive and he can get your team to the playoffs, you're not letting him walk out the door under no circumstance. You pay him what, he's, right. you, pay him what you got to pay him. 
You right. know, you, you pay Joe Boy, you pay Josh Allen, you pay Justin Herbert, you pay Patrick Mahomes, you pay these guys. You know, so you don't let them walk out the door. Jalen Hurts, you don't let them walk out the door. So they get their money. So yeah. that's gonna that's gonna weigh into your cap. Um well, then, then you gotta realize that most receivers coming as their second contract are gonna garner eighteen to twenty million dollars. Yeah. And that's just for one guy. So you gotta look at that from that perspective too. So you paying your, your two premium positions right now is is a, is left tackle, quarterback, and wide receiver. No certain order. Quarterback is first, yep. wide receiver is second, left tackle is third. You pay yep. those three positions at premium dollar, and you don't even question it. If they yep. if they're all pros or they're pro bowlers, you pay that position, and everybody else kind of gets in where they fit in. So I think that the dynamics in the dollar shift has come from that particular aspect. The fact that the 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 game has changed. It's more of a passing yep. league now. Yeah. So you know, so if you're a, a dual threat guy like a Jameer Gibbs, who can run and pass, you know, equally well, then you have way more value. Who you get more likely to get paid, versus especially if you don't have any injury history, versus a guy like, you know, Dalvin Cook, who was more so of a runner. Ezekiel Elliott is more so of a runner. Cream Hunt is more so of a runner. Leonard Fournette, and they're all more so runners than, yeah. than pass catchers. So, and then you can the flip side of that you get your Austin Eckler, who's more so a pass catcher than he is a runner. Yeah. So you don't get your money in that regard because you do one thing for them. And I don't, I'm not going to pay a running back, running back dollars for, for to catch passes. Yeah. Just be real about it. So yeah. that's just, that's what just where, that's where the delineation comes in. So when you talk about contracts in this, in, in, in this entirety, this offseason, you got guys, the top end guy was Miles Sanders at four years, $25 million a year. Yeah. That's, that's top end, top end average of six, $6 million. David Montgomery, three years, $18 million. Jamal mm-hmm. Williams, three years, $12 million. Samaj P. Ryan, two years, $7.5 million. Madison, two years. This is the reason why they moved on to Devin Cook because Madison took a two-year deal, $7 million, $3.5 million annually. Yeah. So that's way low. You know, in comparison with Derek Henry and the top guys are making. Christian McCaffrey's making, what, $17 million a year right now? Yep. So Raheem Moster, two years, $5 million. Jeff Wilson, two years, $6 million. They on the same mm-hmm. freaking team. Yeah. You know, and going down the list, Devin Singletary took a one-year deal for $2.7 million. Rashad Penny took a one-year deal for $1.35 million. Jared McKinney, one one year, $1.3 million. So yeah. you have to, that that's that's where it really, really what boils down to. You know, again, and I feel like Philly only paid, I'm excuse me, not Philly, but Carolina only paid Miles Sanders because they could because they got a rookie quarterback. If, yeah. if, if CJ Stroud and the CJ Stroud, if Bryce Young was getting paid right now, Miles Sanders wouldn't have got that money. True, you wouldn't have got that money in Detroit. They're they're looking at it from uh, Jared Goff's contract's expiring, so they they could pay him the three years, eighteen million dollars, but still only six a year. Yeah, only six a year. So again, it's it's definitely that change, and I'm not sure it's going to go back to no. the idea. Like when when Chris McCaffrey and Derrick Henry's contract expires, and Dalvin Cook's contract is already gone, I think this is a new normal. I really do. Yeah, and I, I think, think too when you look at this. I think the other thing, and this is the unpopular part, but people are saying it, is the decline in offensive line play as well. Yeah, that's the part. I mean, they, they're more shifting to an athletic and pass heavy pass protection type of line. The, the big yeah. hog molly run blockers are a dang of the pass. Yeah, the, the, the Dallas Cowboy offensive line of the 90s no, is a that's thing gone. of the past now. That's gone. That's gone. You got to be agile, yeah. mobile, and you can be able to pass protect. That's, yeah. that's where you make your money at. If you can pass yeah. pro, especially from a tackle spot, you're going to oh, make $20 million dollars a year. You, you ain't got to be a road grader. No. No. You can, you can be – Trent Williams is probably the, the last of the Mohicans when it comes down to being both. 
Oh yeah, yeah. If they can get it done yeah. in both aspects, but you yeah. more so you want a Rashad Slater more so now or Panay yes. School than you yes. want. Do you want a guy that can they can just run block? Yep. Yep. So yeah, I think that's where what it boils down to, man. And hopefully, you know, people can get paid adequately enough because it, it's not an easy position to play. Not I mean, at all. If you can fifteen to twenty carries a game in the trenches, that's a lot of wear and tear on your body. And I would argue that too. That now NIL is going to factor into this in certain regards. But I feel like there's certain positions, if nothing else, or they should back up the rule for football in college. Now it should be two years, not three. Let's think about a running back. A running back having to put three years of wear and tear on his body in the college game before he can go to the pros. That's yes. a lot. That's yes. a lot. So if you give him two years or one year, you know, you know, something like that, you know, if you're yeah. if you're 20 years old, you should be at the running back. You should be able to come into the league. I, I think yes. that any any position that takes a lot of wear and tear, like you take a lot of hits. You know, I think I think you know, running backs, tight ends, linebackers, people that take a lot of contact. I think you should be you should be again opt out after two years if you want to go to the league. Yeah, because again, think about it. If you look at youth football, high school football. Um, College, even though the progression of the passing game is getting lower and lower in uh, age, meaning mm-hmm. that they're, you know, young quarterbacks are throwing 707 passing leagues, passing leagues is going uh, uh, earlier and earlier. A lot of youth football is still based off having a running back that's running mm-hmm. 30 to 40 times a game because, again, you if you catch a a 12, 13, 14-year-old efficient passer, oh, that's an anomaly. Most yeah. of that, at that age, you run still run the ball. Very run-centric. Very run-centric yes. in those leagues. Yep, I agree and with that. And even in high school, you know, everybody's looking for that type of field general that's a quarterback that can sling it around. But a lot of places, they're still running 25, 30 times as a high school athlete. And so, again – you're not putting that same wear and tear on a shoulder as you're putting on the legs and body of a young person. That's why you're starting to see too, a lot of kids that are running backs get to high school and switch to receiver. It's the money position. And Mm -hmm. if you can catch as a a running back, I'm not going to stay in and have to stay in the box and run between the tackles. I'm going to get out there wide Mm -hmm. and, and let the, and, and, and avoid most of the hits. Right. So, right. Yeah. So, so unless you're a kid, a kid that's above, that's not, they can't grow past five, eight, five, nine, you're most likely going to be a receiver. Yep. Like you said, the, the Derrick Henry, it's, it's crazy to say, but he's a dinosaur now. He is. Hey, man, Chris McCaffrey, because when Chris yep. McCaffrey's a dual threat, but again, the type of money he's going to garner in this next deal is not going to be the same. Yeah, the LTs, the Marshall Fox, the Edrian yeah. James, the Curtis Martins, yeah, the Emmett the Smiths. Yes, thing of the, the past. past. Yep. 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 So that's where it is, man. You know, hopefully that uh, you know, like I said, people can get paid is you know they're worth. Um, you know, we're looking at uh Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley in particular. You know, because they're talking about holding out if they don't get their long term deals. But you know, the, the data says they're likely not going to get. They'd be happy with the number they get. Yes. Yeah. All right, so let's talk. Let's move flip over as we wrap up this particular uh, podcast and talk about our top tier series. Um, yeah. We've been going through uh, each week. Uh, we're in week four now. Uh, we did quarterbacks week one, uh, top ten quarterbacks. We did top five running back duos week two. We did top five wide receiver groups in week three. 
Now, this week we're doing top 10 tight ends. Now, this ought to be interesting because we, him and I had definitely starstly different <laughs> lists when it comes down to this. So I'm going to love to hear the explanations and the, ver- and the validation of why the guys were on your list and where they were. Now, the names right. sound the same in a lot of regards, but their order is definitely off. Definitely okay. off. So let's talk about the top 10 groups. So we got... We got Travis Kelsey's in the mix, obviously number one. So we, that's, we're, gonna, we're not going to argue that so, aspect of it. We're good there. We're, we're good, good there. on one, but after that, it gets different. <laughs> it, 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 it gets very I different. knew you was going to have David and Juku on there. I knew it. I knew it. Right. I knew it. So second, second, we got Mark Andrews and George Kittle. Now, give me your George Kittle argument. I'll give my Mark Andrews argument. Okay, my argument uh, for George Kittle is that when looking at George and what he's done in San Francisco, Mm. uh, barring the injury, I'm not even going to say he's been injured, barring Mm. the time that he's injured. Outside of that, he's he's damn near unguardable. He is Travis Kelsey for San Francisco. Wow. Wow. And so – when 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 I've looked at his route running, his blocking, his fire, his passion, and his productivity, again, Travis, we both agreed he's the king. He has the crown. Mm-hmm. Move him. At number two, when I look at George and the quarterbacks that he's had and he's played with and he's still been elite, you can put him in the box. You can line him outside. You can put him at slot. He's produced at an extremely high level, and for the most part, he's been very durable. That's why I move him up and put him at number two uh, as the top ten tight end. Okay, I, I'm 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 with you. I love George. I'm no, I'm nothing taken away from him. But I I'm shocked that you got him at five. I'm, I'm like, I'm wow. A, I'm, I'm going to tell you why. It's going to make perfect sense to you as I get into this. Mark Andrews is two for me for this particular aspect of it, and I'm looking at it from a purely Pass catching perspective. Okay. So Mark Andrews and George Kittle are staunchly different players for me. And I think okay. that if I had to pick a guy that was going to be productive in the receiving game in the red zone and is going to give me consistent numbers week to week to week, Mark Andrews is going to give that for me. He's a way better wow. receiver than George Kittle, in my opinion. You think so? I, th- I know so. I know so. Wow. And, wow. And, again, like I said, he's going to give that to me week to week to week. George Kittle has weeks. Because I know this because I've had George Kittle on my fantasy team several years. So I know that I've never had Mark Andrews. I've seen what Mark Andrews does to me in, in when I face it. <laughs> so, but I know what George Kittle gives me. He'll give me a five. He'll give me a three-touchdown game. He'll then give me nothing. And he'll give me a, a, a touchdown game in a t- in hundred yards, and then he'll give me nothing. It's very okay. inconsistent, and I think that because of the scheme he's in and the quarterbacks he has or hasn't had dictates what he does on the field. Now, okay, if he, if he was in a different situation, if he was in KC, if he was in Baltimore, if he was in you know the Packers, he was with the Packers when Aaron was there, let's say that the numbers in this production might have been different. But what what he's done up to this point, although he's, a, I would argue that. He's been better at blocking than receiving because he just haven't got the targets. Mm. Okay. But Mark Andrews gets the targets. He gets the production. He gets the touchdowns. He gets the yards. Now, is that also because there hasn't been anybody else to throw to but Mark Andrews? True. 
So we're going to see now because he got more weapons around him, a different offensive coordinator. Right. You got more weapons around Lamar, and you still got the same stable of running backs. So we're going to see if Mark continues to put up those numbers. What okay. I would argue that he might steal because guess what? They're going to have to focus on the outside now. You can't double right. and triple team him in the middle of the field. I.E. why Kelsey's so good because you got to focus on your outside targets because you leave them one-on-one, they're going to kill you. Okay. So Mark Andrews is going to be doing jumping jacks in the middle of the field, like throw <laughs> me the ball. Right. So I still think he's going to be productive in my opinion. That's why I put him at number two. Okay. Now you had him at three. Now I got TJ Hawkinson at three. But a simple fact again, receiving yards and numbers, and the fact that he's been in Detroit and in um, Minnesota and has, has not dropped off one iota, you know, since he's been there. That's why I put TJ Hawkinson so high at three. Okay. Because again, like I said, I think he was over a thousand yards this year, and and, and he, I was close to ten touchdowns. I believe that was the numbers. So again, you know, I think think just from a numbers perspective and a matchup perspective, it's a it's a problem. And again, he's consistent as well. If you throw him the ball, it's gonna it's it's getting real then. It's getting real then. And if it, if you give me Mark Andrews on one side, TJ Hawkins on the other side, we win a lot of ball games. We win a lot of ball games. Okay. okay. All right. So four, we we had a we have a difference in opinion as well. That I Evan Ingram, you had Dallas Goddard. Now tell me about Dallas Goddard. Consistency. And looking okay. at what he's done with the Eagles uh, over his time there, again, he he made it comfortable for them to trade Zach Ertz to Arizona. That's a, That's a great point. Um, That's a great point. And make him the starter again. Mm-hmm. I I use the same uh, statement that you said, Mark Andrews, T.J. Hawkinson. When when they had Ertz and Goddard together, yeah, you started to see Goddard was making plays, Mm -hmm. was showing up. Mm -hmm. And when he was able to take over when Ertz got hurt, the offense didn't miss a beat. And so when looking at Dallas, looking at how he looked, looking at what he was able to provide Mm -hmm. the Eagles and the scheme that he's playing in and having A.J., Devontae, and then technically he was the number three passing option. Mm -hmm. Man, and he, he's efficient. He's efficient at the tight end position, and he has a great quarterback throwing it to him. So, yeah, that's why I have him at number four. I I understand Ingram. Okay. I understand. I want to like Ingram. But how much is it truly Ingram now being in a place like Jacksonville compared to the talent that he has – compared to his production because Ingram, when I looked, his drops, a lot of times they was like, man, he's super talented, he's mm-hmm. skilled, but he can't hold on to the football. So I want to see a second season of him with Jacksonville to see was he a one-hit wonder mm-hmm. or now has his talent and scheme came together and he's truly going to be that dominant type of tight end. Because talent-wise, talent, talent wise, across the board, yes, it's just looking at the consistency and the drops that he had to deal with. Where with Dallas Goddard, you didn't have that, right? And I think the narrative about him being having drop issues was when in weeks with the Giants. Like yes. I didn't see it as much as when he was with Jacksonville. This was here. Now, what I want to say, what I put Avery Ingram so high is just just with this particular point in this point alone, that he is basically the wide receiver in the tight end body. That is true. From the athleticism, speed. I mean, there's nobody from a safety position, maybe outside of maybe Budabek and Derwin James. That can cover him one on one. That's a problem. Yeah. Number yeah. two, the simple fact that again, I think he's gonna have the same issue 
you know, it's a good problem to have, but it's a problem for for defenses that the fact that Mark Andrews and Evan Ingram were going to be sitting there with, you know, none but open space in zone because guess what? You got Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, uh, Christian Kirk, you know, and uh, a few others. Was it, was it Marvin Jones? You got all these guys on the outside and you got ETN coming out the backfield. You go, you have no choice but to one-on-one cover everything. So he's going to kill you. Right. So I think his numbers and his production based upon what he, his surrounding cast is going to be an issue for people. I think it's going to be a big time problem for people in the fact that his numbers might even go up. But a simple fact okay. that again, you can't cover him one on one, and you have no choice but to because you gotta you gotta focus on the other guys because if you don't, it's a touchdown. Okay. So I think that's why I put everything so high. Now five, I have Kittle. Obviously, we talked about Kittle already, but you got five moves at five. Why you have five with the five? Listen, when when again, we're, let's use fantasy. Here's one of the great things about fantasy football that mm-hmm. can can what fantasy can do for you. Okay. It can make you pay attention to people that you never did before. True. And Frywolf is one of those guys. And listen, looking for tight ends, mm-hmm. um, researching tight ends, and then facing people that have him. And they and you, you lose a game. Because of him. Because of him yep. at the tight end position. Yep. And you're like, who in the hell is who is this? And then you go back, you're like, man. And then I think he went on a streak. I think for like four or five weeks, he mm. scored a touchdown every game. I know, I know. And then what happens? You are watching a game because your fantasy team is playing against somebody who has it, and then you start paying attention. You're like, yo, this dude can play. Is, can play and is mm. nice. And to right. me, he is a Mark Andrews clone. With He's Mark Andrews light. Right, uh, he's more of the prototypical Steelers tight end than me. I think that he's built like most Steelers tight ends. Like you know, if you look at the history and the lineage of Steelers tight ends, he has that 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 build. Like he, like it's it's almost like a it's like almost like a lumberjack type of build. Like it's just they're built they're built for stuff. Like these guys, yeah. You, know, you can pick them. the you can pick the Steelers tight ends out in a lineup. Right. Right, and you don't know if they go. You know they're gonna put a flannel shirt on and grab an axe, or they're gonna put on a helmet. You just don't know. Yeah, right, we, these boys come to work every single day, hard hat yeah. included. They're ready to roll. Right, right, yeah, but that, so yeah, I, that's why I pick fat. I pick Pack because actually watching him and seeing him again, you're never. He's not Evan Ingram. You don't have to worry about that. He doesn't look like he can jump out the gym, but he's super consistent that he, he, is. he gets to his spot mm. he's he's tremendous in the red zone and he just gets open um and so yeah that's why i had him at five okay i can respect that i respect that like i said i had him at seven um yeah. by kittle and goddard um okay. but tell me about hayden hurst because i'm curious about hayden hurst hayden hurst take as well man hayden watching him with the bingles mm-hmm. um watching him play with the bingles i was like yo same thing he is somebody that stepped up when uh jamar was out t higgins is being double covered tyler boyd is not mm-hmm. um having his game here comes hayden mm-hmm. right and he was a matchup again he's a matchup problem because he is fast enough to beat some linebackers and he's yeah. big enough to, 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 to overpower corners mm-hmm. and he's consistent. Um, I think he came from Atlanta. 
before, was it was he with Atlanta before he came to Cincinnati? I'm gonna look that up. Actually, but I believe he was drafted by the by the Ravens. Was it the Ra- Yeah, yes, he was drafted by the Ravens. He was drafted by the Ravens. Then he got. I think he got yeah. traded. He got traded, and then he picked they, the Panthers. Picked him up in free agency. Yeah. And you know what? He was there with Andrews, and they were a strong duo together that helped uh, Lamar Jackson because they was both playing up the seams. And right. so, yeah, when, when looking at him um, and seeing what he can do, seeing his production, and again, I think he's going to a great team in Carolina. Yeah, that's the only thing that kind of gave me pause about putting him on the list. Like, I would draft him later in fantasy if I didn't have yeah. the options that I already have on my list available. But I would, I'm curious about what his production like is going to be because, again, he's going to a team that's, that's brand new. Like, you know, how well they gel and how well they produce early on or throughout the season is going to tell whether or not he's going to be a dominant force. But I mean, you could, you could do yourself way worse in a lot of regards than picking up a, a tight ends and getting Aiden Hurst. Like that right. was a great option for them because they needed a tight end. That's one of the yeah. one of the positions that, of need that they had addressed. They didn't draft, but they picked up a free agency. Was definitely a good move for them. I definitely think that this offense is primed to, to definitely take off because they don't have any holes. In my opinion, I think they got a, a solid receiving core. I think they got a solid yeah. tight end room. They got an offense lines to prove, and they finally got a quarterback. So yeah. I would definitely believe that their team's going to be good. It's just that. The guys I have on my list, like I said, I got no joke with Pitts, Wall, and Frymore. I think these guys, these guys are all going to be more productive than him, yeah. in my opinion. It's the reason why I can put them on my list. Okay. But, um, but yeah, but I mean, Darren Waller, I could, again, I could argue that him being uh, seven or eight on my list and him being seven on your list could go either way. Yeah. Um, but um, I think Frymore, for me, again, I think he's going to be a more consistent performer to your point um, than Darren Waller because I don't, I'm not sure exactly what it's going to look like offensively because I don't trust Daniel Jones. I don't. I, I, I yeah. think Darren Waller by himself is talented, super talented, a, a hell of a matchup nightmare. Another guy like Evan Ingram who's a matchup problem, who's a receiver in a wide in tight end body. Yeah. So I think that, you know, if you leave him, uh, you leave him one-on-one with anybody, it's a win for him. Um, yep. Especially with his stature, was he like 6'7"? He's six seven, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, and can run like lightning as a tight end. I mean, it's, it's yeah. you know, so I think that what reason why he was even even eight at eight of my list because injuries and his offense, you yeah. know, because I think that injury play into it and the fact that his quarterback plays into it for me. But yeah. if Daniel Jones can figure it out and he stays healthy with the receiving quarter they have, he can be highly productive. But yet again, they got a plethora of receivers in New York. So if they if they focus their attention on the receiving group. Waller's going to eat. Yeah. Waller's yeah. going to eat. Okay. So I'm curious to see why you had Tyler Higby at eight, though. Actually, him and Dawson Knox and Higby at eight and nine over my guys. So, But tell me about those two guys. Listen, Tyler's scary good. Again, fantasy. When you're mm. playing somebody, you see Tyler put up multiple weeks, six, seven, eight mm. catches. You're, you're winning by six points, and you're like, oh, he got a tight end. And next thing you know – you lost. It's two touchdowns. You you lost, and you uh, didn't lose by like one point. You lost because he had two touchdowns and fifty yards, or two touchdowns and or one touchdown and a hundred yards, right? Mm-hmm. And then you start paying attention each week, and you're like, "What is this dude doing?" And he's, cons- I'll, I'll say it like this: when you look at somebody's roster and you see they have Tyler Higby, you're mm-hmm. like, "Gosh, damn it! I yeah. am, I'm in trouble. He, he I'm in trouble." Because uh-huh. everybody else can have a bad game and he'll put up 110 and two touchdowns. I remember that right. because I lost the game that was 
key to get me getting in the playoffs because right. he did one ten and two touchdowns. Yeah. Like psycho shit. So yeah, Tyler. Uh, that's why I picked him. Looking at the offense that he was in, looking at when when everybody else was out, mm-hmm. it was him and Cooper Cup, okay. and they were both. Dominant again. He has a wide receiver. I, I, I feel like this old yeah. Sam Bradford threw to when he was healthy. Like he only threw this to Higby and Sam and Cooper Cup. That's all he do to. That's it. And, and so same thing with Dawson Knox. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dawson suffers from the offense. He he's been productive. Mm-hmm. He could be productive, but again, Allen and man crushing with Diggs. Most of it is going to go to. Digs and they keep Dawson in a lot more to max protect for Allen to sling around, right? But when I've watched his route running, when I've watched when he's had opportunities, he's produced. Uh, and so that's why I picked them. That's the other reason why I didn't pick Pitts and the Juke and 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 um and David Mm -hmm. is injury and offense that they're in. And for Pitts, unfortunately, his talent hurt him in my picking because Mm. where he was picked, the offense doesn't maximize what he could do in the matchup nightmare he could be. And then he's been injured as well. Right. And definitely this year, the quarterback that he's having. Come on. Yeah. 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 It was, it was a rough, but he's so super, uber talented that I couldn't not pick him. Like you just, like if he, if you give him the opportunity and the space opportunity, he's going to kill you. You know, so again, having having you know Drake London healthy, the guy Bijan now, you know they're going to likely move. We're going to likely flank out Cordell Patterson, who was a former receiver, as one yes. of their options. So he's going to get a lot of one on one targets. So if Desmond can get him the damn ball, then he'll be productive. So yes. I had to just on pure talent and athleticism, I had to put Kyle Pitts over uh, Higby or Knox because of that. Now, okay. the knock I have on Higby and Knox is this: that the fact that I don't truly know, and this is one of the things that people are not really focusing on talking about. That Tyler Higby is really dependent on his quarterback. And I'm not sure Sam okay. Bradford is healthy. Not Sam Bradford, but I'm um, sorry. Matt Matthew Stafford. Stafford. Yeah. Matt Stafford. Matt no. Stafford, that neck injury, I'm not sure if he's truly healthy. With he not, he shouldn't even be playing football anymore. True. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you got to, if I've got to worry about Stetson Bennett throwing the Tyler Higgy the ball, I'm concerned. You know, because, again, from the O-line. From Georgia? Is, Stetson Bennett from Georgia? Yeah, because the O-line, one, the O-line is not that great. You know, they, drafted, they drafted a guy, but they got, they got some improvements to doing O-line. So, yep. Or a rookie quarterback with a shaky old line, that's gonna it's a, it's a lot of growing pains there. So right. I, I really can't bank on Tyler Higby being productive over Waller or Pitts for my for my money. And okay. Dawson Knox is gonna be usurped by Dawson Kincaid. Because uh, let's be real, out of the two athletes, Dawson Kincaid is the way better pass catcher. That is true. So is, right, right now he, he should be. He he, he should definitely be. should be. Yeah, he definitely should be. So I would say that Dawson Knox production is going to go down significantly okay. because they got Kincaid. Okay, and, and for the last pick, it it could go either way because I love Kokobet and I love who his quarterback is, and and, and the Joku to me is a is is a better two way for me than Kobet. Okay. Like I think he blocks and he catches, and he's just a big body that you can't tackle. You know, so I think that's going to be one of Deshaun Watson's, you know, favorite checkdowns. The fact that he's going to be highly productive with Nujoku because I feel like that with the receivers they have and the fact that Nujoku just can post you up a la Antonio Gates and just and just you just can't get around him. And yeah. he should catch a lot of passes. So yeah. I could go either way, honestly, with Cole Komet or Nujoku. It was a lot of back and forth and who I picked 10th. But 
the fact that he's a dual guy, I think he blocks better than Komet, is the only thing that kind of sold me for Njoku over Komet. And, I, and we got we got to see what this new offense is going to look like with Justin Fields versus we kind of know what we got in Sean Watson already. Right, right. Okay. Fair, fair. So anything about Cole Komet you want to give in, 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 uh, in Nod before we wrap that up? Oh, it, w- it was just the same thing. Looking at the lack of offensive weapons that they had and the comfort that him and Justin seemed to develop throughout yeah. the season. Mm-hmm. And I'm just hoping that when you have a player like Cole Komet, again, it's to me, some of these David and Kyle, extremely talented, um, athletic, but to me, a Cole Komet is the availability that I know that for the most part, he's there. And again, like you said, with run blocking, he's not a road grader, but David Montgomery did well with him. And then he, Mm -hmm. again, he was a great comfort option for Justin and he was on the field more than David. And so that's, that's that's one of the reasons why I went with, with Cole. Yeah. You with David, you may get, you may get one game, he gives you 80, 90, and then mm-hmm. two game, two to three games, he's going to give you 30 or he's disappearing. Mm-hmm. Cole will give you five straight games of 50 to 70 every game. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm good with that. I'm good yeah. with that. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, like I said, it's going to be an ongoing series. Next week, we're going to be on offensive lines. We're going to do our top mm. five offensive line groups. Yep. Week five. So that's going to be interesting, too, to talk about who we feel like got the best O-lines in the league. So yep. That should be a good segment overall. But, uh, yeah, man, but a good show, man. Like I said, this show is pre-recorded for the holiday. Um, we're going to uh, air this at 9 o'clock, as always, um, but it won't be a live show. It will be pre-recorded. So anybody in the chat talking, we won't necessarily hear you. But leave your comments. <laughs> yeah. yeah, leave, leave your comments. comments. Leave your comments. But we won't respond. <laughs> Not right away. Not right away. Not right away. Yeah. We'll respond after the fact. But let yeah. us know what your comments in the chat. Subscribe to this channel if you have not, as always. And like I said, next week we'll be back live and direct. And we're going to have our guy, Eric DK5 online, to talk about the uh, 49ers. And we're going to talk about... The Wizards, especially. So we won't get his take on what he feel like the Wizards are doing with new management and new roster. So we'll get into that as always. But yeah. in the meantime, in between time, that's Coach Kurt. I'm Coach Divas. Until next week, we'll see you when we see you. Step up and lock it down.